Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio, among many other things. So come along with us, won't you? How's it going, Leah? How are you this week? I'm doing well. Good. That's good to hear. What's uh, been going on? Well, we <laughs> decided that we would go to my cousin's wedding that you tried to covert operate at. I, I did. I, I technically did covert operate, but not exactly the way I wanted to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we ended up Nobody wore masks, right? It was probably Nobody the largest masks. event that we've been to yep. uh, in the past year and a half mm-hmm. where people didn't have masks. Right. And I wasn't super concerned because my aunt had told everybody that if they weren't vaccinated, with the exception of children who were unable to be vaccinated, sure. that they should not come. Right. And that has to do with my uncle being high risk. Right. Yes. Good point. So there were a number of people who were told flat out not to come. She wasn't making an exception for them. Hilariously, there are uh, a pair of twins in on her husband's side of the family mm-hmm. who are cousins with my cousin and they grew up with my cousin. Right. And one of the twins didn't get vaccinated and she was told she couldn't come. So there was only one of the twins at the wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Uh, so, I, I mean, I felt pretty safe. Mm-hmm. I did too. I was totally comfortable. But Edison got sick. Yes. So it was on Saturday and then Monday. It's not COVID. It's not COVID, but, but it showed all the symptoms of COVID. Yeah. So, so we were adequately, adequately concerned. Uh, had a fever, had like a croupish cough, really swollen in the face, really swollen. The most swollen I've ever seen. He doesn't normally get swollen when he's sick. Right. So So it was a lot of inflammation. Yeah. Monday night, he was just all kinds of congested. I gave him some Dimatap or you gave him Dimatap. And then uh, Tuesday, you started calling me saying he's not good. Yeah, he he wasn't good. And I had wanted him to get a COVID test in part to find out what our exposure was and right. to find out whether or not we needed to quarantine for right. a period of time, mm-hmm. even after he stopped showing signs of being right. sick. Right. But as I was going through the questions that are required to get a COVID test, uh, he, he was having a hard time breathing. Right. So uh, one of the indicators is like depression um, when you're breathing, like in and out. Right, if right, it right. sucks in mm-hmm. either between the ribs, um, like at the top of the stomach and in the neck. And Edison showed signs of of that. So the result was to go to the ER. This was Tuesday afternoon slash evening. Right. Yeah. So and so you came home. I, I was already done with work and I was coming home at that time anyway, but it, it worked out that I got home. I think I threw a piece of pizza in my mouth and then grabbed Edison and ran out the door. Yeah. And we were there until close to 1 a.m., all things said and done at the ER. ER was packed. Right. Packed. And they had you wait outside. Well, because we said, well, we don't know what this is. And it had all the symptoms of something that, you know, could potentially be COVID. So we literally were sitting with maybe four other people. And we were all like 20 feet apart and, and more. 
uh, outside because of all that. So they wheeled a cart out to do like his vital checks and all that, you know, blood pressure, that kind of stuff. At about the two hour mark, I guess, maybe maybe later than that, uh, an aide or, or a nurse or somebody comes out and says, doctor ordered an x-ray. And I said, okay, Edison, uh, let, let's get, you know, let's go inside. We're going to follow this, uh, this nice man. And he goes, no, 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 no. We're just going to wheel it outside. And I'm like, you're, you're going to what now? He's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to wheel it out. And I'm like, wheel what out? He's like, the x-ray machine. I'm, okay, so now I'm, now I'm intrigued. It turns out that they've got an x-ray machine on wheels, and they literally wheeled this sucker out into the loading and unloading bay, had Edison sit in, in just a you know, plastic hospital chair, and they had a, a, a panel behind him, which I'm guessing is whatever reflective surface or something like that that they need to, to get the x-ray image back in or the, the signal back in. And they just, yeah, hit him with the x-ray right there. And there's like people sitting all around us, like all 20 feet away from this machine. Right. And so I'm guessing it's, you know, a low enough dose that it's, or it's at, at that distance, it's probably not that strong. You know what I mean? Right, it's, it's right. reduced in, in, in power at that point. I got but pictures you, of it. It is freaking But awesome. you were exposed and now you I was just, behind it. I was you, behind it with the AIDS. You just stuff. set off all kinds of RF now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you are your own worst enemy. Right. You well, now, I'm, now I am operating x-rays uh, or uh, at the high frequency. Yeah. I'm in the, I'm in the gigahertz range now <laughs> okay. with my with my personal transmitting. I, I was absolutely fascinated uh, when he wheeled this thing out and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've seen. And it literally had like a 20-inch screen on it and the 20-inch screen immediately after they took the picture showed his his oh, chest yeah. x-ray and you it said he thought it was the coolest thing I, I i was like this is just amazing and no, then they, but edison wasn't oh, scared yeah. at all no no he's just, all he said is is this gonna hurt and i said no it's not and he's like cool <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so cool because they wheeled this thing out it looked like a, a martian rover on wheels and they just kind of popped this arm off of it with the head of the x-ray and just tilted it they shot the light with the you know, the crosshairs on it and hit them. Boom. With it. Now it we see sweet. your chest. It you was can so see cool. your insides. And, you know, I could see the x-ray and I'm no, you know, x-ray technician or anything like that. But I looked at him I'm like, he doesn't have any congestion. There's nothing in there. Right. You know, other than what you'd expect, I guess. But, um, yeah, so it was, it yeah. was just fascinating. They treated him with oral steroids that were supposed to last a few days. Yeah, he, so he does have a virus of some kind, but they're just like, eh, it's a virus. We gave him steroids. If he gets worse, bring him back. And I'm like, Sounds He's about, much better today. Sounds about the only thing you can do. Yeah. Um, so that was it. But I was I, the whole thing was super cool. So we'll we'll drop a picture um, in the uh, in, in the, the podcast. Yeah. So you guys can see it. It was it was, it was fascinating. In it, the HRCC podcast channel on the, the Discord. Discord. That's right. Well, thanks everybody again for clicking on the Ham Radio Crash Course. We like to kick things off with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today's Ham Radio Minute is explore Bluetooth on your radios. Oh. A lot of radios have Bluetooth enabled, and what everybody thinks that the Bluetooth often does is give you the audio coming out of the speaker. Right, right. So you could hook up your AirPods or something. Yeah, exactly. Now, at, at that point, if it were to start and end there, it'd be like, yeah, okay, that's that's of middling use, right? But there are radios that are coming out on the market. One being the ICOM IC705 that will let you do a load more over Bluetooth, like change frequencies, play the recording of CQ. If you have a CQ call, like call already recorded on the radio, but I started playing around with this other radio and there's a review on, on the way. Now this is not 
this is not a polished radio. This is not a radio I would really even recommend many people buy. It's the Launch Launch Oln or Launch Onl. Launch Onl. How would you pronounce that? Launch only fans. Launch <laughs> only H or Onl, something like that. It's not it's not a great name. And it has APRS capability built in and also Bluetooth. And the interesting thing of the Bluetooth is it'll do Bluetooth data. So it's actually passing once you connect something like an Android tablet to it. It doesn't work well with iPhones, just heads up. If you pass like a, a connection into an Android, it'll actually pass the APRS packets to it. And there's a couple of different options that it has, including passing GPS data over Bluetooth. Well, that's fascinating because that means you can use it for adequate time sourcing or time tracking if you have an HF radio that isn't a 705 that has built-in GPS. So you could use this if you go in the field for like a soda or whatever, Summit's on the air, and you wanted to get an accurate time source to sync your computer's time when you're off the huh. internet because you need an, ad an accurate time source if you're going to do digital modes like FT8. You have to have What happens if source. you don't? You won't line up. FT8 is a 15-second on, 15-second off. Meaning when I transmit to you, it must be exactly time So it's synced. not like Animal Crossing where you can time travel? No, no, no. I'm saying... It, <laughs> so that's why time is so incredibly important. If we don't have a matching time source and I'm transmitting and you're not matching when I stop transmitting, you won't begin transmitting at the right time. Oh, interesting. And if your time is wrong the other way, I could be transmitting and then you begin transmitting before I'm even done. Oh, is that why there was that one segment on Ham Nation? About timekeeping yes, in it, the well, ham that, shack? That was uh, also visual clocks, like fun clocks. Oh, okay. But time, time <laughs> is incredibly important, an incredibly important thing to understand, particularly if you if you ever do like uh, satellite stuff. Satellite, all satellites are incredibly dependent on time sources and time tracking. But this is no exception. And, and doing it over Bluetooth, wow, that's, that's really, really cool. So I can only see in the future more HTs are going to have Bluetooth that not only is what we would call the headset Bluetooth. By the way, there's a ton of Bluetooth profiles that you have to kind of keep an eye on. What, but one of them is is this data Bluetooth connection. And that allows for the actual passing of, of data, if you will, beyond that of just this microphone in and audio out kind of thing. So some of the radios are supporting it. 705 being the most polished of that. And so I would say, you know, if you're, if you got a radio that does Bluetooth, you might want to look into how deep down the rabbit hole it goes. Your if it goes beyond baby. that of just audio in and out. The radio you made a love video for. <laughs> yeah. And there's another video coming. It's going to take a lot of work. I've already got the props. I've got so many things lined up for that video that I got to get started on. So anyway, uh, Leah, what are we having to drink today? Uh, I don't know. You poured it. Well, we have the Elysium Space Dust is the drink we're having. And oh, by the way. Oh, oh sounds. Popping bottles out here. Despite <laughs> my many, many objections, mm. Josh bought a, what would you call this? This is a Zoom PodTrack P8. Great. I was recording on a Zoom uh, four channel XLR recorder before. And that meant every time we had to pause or stop or whatever, I had to stop the recording and then stitch all the audio together and then add the bumper music in and all this stuff. So I'm doing it all in one shot right now. So I don't have to edit anything after this. It's 
freaking awesome. There are all of these buttons. There's touch and, pads and, and, and sliders, <laughs> just faders, so as they're many. called in the industry. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm loving it. I mean, of course, I'm, I'm not used to it yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious what the output is going to sound like uh, when we're all done with this. Okay. I'm not completely used to it, but you know, hey, I, this is a lot of fun. You're always excited to buy new technology. Always. So excited. <laughs> and we'll be adding more, you know little sound clips as we go, uh, possibly with funny moments from the podcast. You never know what we're going to come up with. So that should be a lot of fun. Wow. Wow. I already got a track of things. Whoa. For the rest of the the show. Amazing. But we're going to build upon. You're really building up this production here. It's, you know, (laughs) you got to have fun with it. You cross the four hour mark and you're like, I got to get serious about this. This is... That's a, a pretty considerable piece of my day. So I got to make it as smooth as possible and more efficient. I mean, that's the big thing is now I can just stop. I can just be like, and I'm done. And it it exports to the computer and then I can upload it. It's done. Amazing. Done. Excited for you. Well, with that said, we'll throw the link in the, uh, to the Amazon (laughs) if anybody wants to check it out. Also my, my hand recorder, because I'm not going to get rid of that hand recorder. The hand recorder is really good at live recording. It has different replaceable heads for microphones, which is just super cool. So, so cool for that kind of stuff. I may even start using that. Uh, like when I go to Huntsville, I may take that as a secondary audio recorder. So that Huntsville. I don't have to be, Huntsville. So I don't have to be so mic dependent on the, uh, on the, the Sony. Huntsville. That's it's right. Like Huntsville. All right. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it. Well, the other drink we have is the Lagunita Super Cluster. This is a much better much better beer. Right. Oh, we did a space theme in honor of the ISS last week. ISS week last week. Yeah. So the Elysium Stardust, I think pretty much anybody can get that wherever they, it's all over the place. Yeah. It's widely distributed now. You can get it at Target if you live in a state that allows that kind of stuff. But uh, the other drink we have is the Lagunita Supercluster, which is a citra hopped mega IPA of intergalactic proportions. I found this way, way (laughs) more drinkable than the than the Elysium, and we'll have one of those once Leia finishes her glass. So fantastic! Yeah, this is. Uh, you said this is space dust. This it is space is, dust. You know, I don't like IPAs very much. No, you do. I had bought these for your stream. Yes, on Friday or, uh, yeah, Friday mm-hmm. because it was the last day of the ISS pass. Um, right. And uh, I do not like this. No. No. This is not the type of IPA you like. It's just bitter. It's just bitter. Yeah, it's it, like, why Why must my beer challenge me? Well, I mean, there's plenty of good IPAs <laughs> or hoppy beers that have, like, more character than, character sure. than this. I, I mean, this I just not. want a beer that's like, hey, I'm cool to drink, you know? <laughs> I'm your buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to prove anything. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not trying to make you feel bad about yourself or that you can't, hang, you can't stand with me. <laughs> I don't have to always I'm not be trying to challenge hard. you. I'm trying to be your friend. You yeah, know? I'm not trying to challenge you. I'm trying to be your friend. That's, right. That's the type of beer Leia's looking for. That's why she likes stouts so much. It's true. They're sturdy. <laughs> <laughs> well, join the conversation by leaving us a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. We really do appreciate that. Wherever you pod, just search Ham Radio Crash Course. And if you can, leave a review. Uh, we like to pull up the reviews that we get over on iTunes. And uh, that always means a lot. If you want to email us, we do read your emails live on the podcast. You can do that at leah at hamtactical.com. We love your ham radio questions. We love your merch ideas. And if we use your merch idea to make a merch, you will get one for free. Anyway, True story. Yeah. We have two reviews today. Ooh. Yeah. 
Thank you for reviewing us on iTunes. Yeah, fun. From KE5ADX. And he writes, or she, don't know. Really enjoy all your topics and the fun interaction between you two. Keep the information coming and the laughter as well. Well, thank you. Thank we, you. Well, great show and information from Mike KB1CKF in Pittsburgh. Hey. Quite the username. Yes. <laughs> all the details Very, right yeah. there. Very yeah. thorough. Make Feel sure like I know to listen. Already. That's it. Yeah. Make sure to listen to this podcast. Three exclamation points. It's not just technical ham radio information, but is real life. The host, Leia, and her faithful sidekick, Josh, <laughs> talk about it all. In the end, you will have a well-rounded education about life. Laugh out loud. Oh, and sidekick Josh also has a YouTube channel by the same name that has a mediocre follower. <laughs> and then it says, and is, and then the comment cuts out. So thanks again, <laughs> iTunes, for the uh, fantastic work. Because I don't think he ended a sentence with is and no punctuation. So, uh, Or yeah. maybe he did. Maybe he did. <laughs> maybe. Maybe he did. Don't know. Thank you guys for those reviews. Yeah. So what have you been using this week, Leia? Mm. What have you been? Mm. Mm. Haven't used it yet. Oh. But I'm very excited. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I feel like this, what you're using right now has just turned into a, how did I save money this week? <laughs> That's fine. And, That's good. People are willing to save money. And so I had a lot of Amazon returns to make because... As I have mentioned in past podcasts, Amazon was constantly delivering things late. <laughs> yes. And then they were no good to me anymore <laughs> because right. they were late. And so I had to return some things. And Kohl's, instead of doing a percentage off, yes. like normally they would do 25% off or 30% off. These are coupons you get when you process your return. Right. Because you can take your Amazon return, you drop it off the Kohl's, you don't have to bag it. You don't. You can take just anything not in package. Take it back now. And they will bag it or box it for you right. there. And it's all, free. Which is amazing. The only reason I go to a Kohl's. True is story. to use that service because yes. it is fantastic. If you have a service, like if you have a Kohl's in your area, you don't have to buy anything at Kohl's. You walk in, you go to the back, the customer service. You uh, generally need to either show the app or like if there was the receipt in the box. No, it's just your app. You pull up your oh, return so it's even easier. Your return QR code, yeah. which is in the Amazon app. So you don't even have to print anything. Right. You just let them scan it and they, they just take it back. And then when they give you the confirmation of the items that were returned, there's always a Kohl's coupon on it because they want you to spend money right. on Kohl's. <laughs> right. Not likely. <laughs> well, this time it was just a straight $5. You could There was no minimum purchase. They were going to... To Amazon. No, to Kohl's. Oh. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Minifigures are $5 and they sell minifigures. Oh, Okay. So free minifigures. For Legos? My, yes. Okay. Lego minifigures. Oh, very nice. Well, so, so there's sometimes Amazon coupons. Oh, I haven't seen them. Yeah, I got an Amazon coupon before, which was really nice. Sweet. Yeah, so it's like, okay. By the way, if you use the Kohl's return, once they scan it, you get the money back in your account. Right, right. It, it's not like the processing time where it's got to ship back to Amazon. Right, it's considered back at Amazon. It, it's considered when back it at Amazon. Kohl's. Which is, again, yeah. fantastic. Uh, but one of the things that I did buy that I'm very excited about, in addition, mm -hmm. is I bought something for our date night, and it's called Unsolved Case Files, <laughs> and it's a board game where you go over case files okay, and try to figure out who done it. 
This is great. This is yeah. like um, turning into a murderino podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't get murdered, everybody. So we'll tell you how it goes whenever we find time for a date night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, I mean, we're just going to be, okay, date night is sitting at home. Yes. Playing this game. Yes. Okay. Or yeah. we just go somewhere really awkward and play it. Ooh, we could. Hear me out. Mm -hmm. Go to a pool hall and just spread everything out on a pool table. <laughs> Build like a crazy wall. Yeah. You have like yarn <laughs> connecting to different cards. Everybody gets in on it. No, no. I think it's this person. It was Jerry <laughs> at the end of the bar. Get him. Really get some uh, paranoid people worried that the police are <laughs> doing detective work in a pool hall. A bunch of plain clothes officers came in and did some <laughs> really weird stuff, man. What kind of establishment are we running here? It was that's pretty funny. Uh, I gotta say this uh, Zoom Potrack P8. That's what I've been playing with, <laughs> but that's not really you know. Link will be in the description for all this stuff. You can check it out. So right on, Leia preparedness corner i need to come up with a with a button for preparedness corner i don't know what that is that... uh-oh that's a... <laughs> it's a disaster <laughs> no it's... like that all right <laughs> fine i'm a little offended but <laughs> whatever <laughs> okay so my preparedness tip for this week is go get your cpr and first aid certifications. Uh, yes. And I would like to tack on the blood stopper training. Is that the AED? I don't know. No. AED is automatic electric defibrillator. External defibrillator. Whatever. Okay. By the way, that thing is awesome. Have you ever used one? No. Or been around ever? So the tra oh, they, have, they have a training one that mm -hmm. you have to interface with. Okay. When you do the training, which I am AED certified as well. It's super cool. It like walks you through the whole, the machine, you start the machine and it tells you everything to do step by step. Wow. It talks it out and then it, it does, you know, it, it, it counts out your chest compressions. It does everything for you. It's very cool. So <coughs> the Red Cross holds classes mm -hmm. and actually you can go onto the Red Cross website and put in your uh, location and it'll show you the different classes that are available near you or online mm -hmm. and you can get your CPR first aid AED certifications, which I think are so important in an emergency Indeed, be because you actually don't know how far out medical help could be. Mm -hmm. Right. And like for instance, in Texas, I think there were people who were having medical emergencies during that snowstorm. Oh, for sure. And people one couldn't reach anybody, but even if they could reach somebody, nobody could physically get to them. Right. So. Or they were already backed up so much that the first responders were just busy. Right. So you just had to wait, which right. is more likely what would happen. It was just, okay, you, you're in a dire state, but um, help is very far away. I think this is the first level of medical self-sufficiency, right? You, the same way you keep medicine to treat you know, headaches, mm -hmm. uh, diarrhea, anything that could really cause you, uh, cause you, know, you to be uncomfortable. Right. right. Or, or actually cause you to die. You know, if you don't have the right Tylenol or uh, fever reliever, 
that could be catastrophic, right? If you don't have something okay. that stops diarrhea and you've been... You're talking you, specifically about the medication <clears throat> you keep, right? Right, or right. Okay. So that's like, at minimum, you have your medication. Mm-hmm. But like that next step is knowing how to triage at a base level. Well, triage is a bit different, right? Triage okay, is if you're enough. coming upon somebody that has has had an issue. Well, sure. But I mean, that's a part of your emergency preparedness too, right? Like, aren't you prepared to be able to help others if they need it? Um, yeah. And maybe that does cover that. I don't know the, the Red Cross first aid class very well. But um, in the trainings that I've had at CERT and then another thing that I've had to do uh, for another, eh, anyway, call it first aid thing, but it's, it's like uh, building clearing and triage mm-hmm. upon pulling people out of buildings, like how to handle you know, different things they're experiencing after a disaster. Bit different sure. from a standard first aid, but I, right. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, that's my tip. Yeah. That's uh, my corner. That I, I will add to that in the saying that like, if you have the medication, when I'm saying uncomfortable, that's like what the medication, the over-the-shelf stuff is for. Is it's to keep you comfortable. You're not going to die if you don't have the right fever medication. You, I mean, mm, no, it depends on how high the fever is. Well, then you're right? going to get in a cold tub before you start like popping a bunch of pills necessarily. Okay. Like super cold. Fair. And I, and I appreciate fever might be the exception to that. Or maybe Benadryl if you are offsetting some kind of huge allergic response. That's, that's another good one. But first aid is generally going to be something more for like an immediate injury. Right. Or something that, that, most likely could need hospital support or first responder support that you need to treat immediately to stabilize. Yes. That that then helps that person get to where they're going. Because if, you know, in, in case in point, like if you, if you stumble upon somebody or you're there when somebody gets hurt, the first aid you provide could be the difference between them making it or not, mm-hmm. right? And how you deal with all that, Th- that kind of stuff, which is all good. I agree 100%. Okay. So then now, what time is it? It's time for the Correspondence Tower. Email Correspondence. Why is it creepy? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it would be good creepy. Oh, We're like, like the, the, tower the Tower of Terror? No, like the it's tower like a tower. Terror? It's like a, a medieval tower. Whether it's medieval or terror-based tower, I don't think it, I think it's still going to be creaky. Okay. All that right. was I'm... creaky, not necessarily creepy. I felt it was creepy. I I wish I had heard I wish I had heard these sounds before you nope. introduced them. <laughs> it's gonna be fun for everybody. Everyone but right. me is hearing it for the first time. I would have preferred like a do 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 for the email. I can change yeah. them. Okay, fantastic. All right. I couldn't think of a better song a better noise for a tower other than like footsteps. Wow. Ascending That'd be a tower. lot of footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the level of correspondence we have, yes. If there's a level per correspondence, then yeah, we're definitely, definitely a lot of footsteps. All right. The first email is from Andrew, and it's titled, A Way to Possibly Get Leia to Her General. Hello, Josh and Leia. Firstly, I want to start with, I'm a bit behind, so this is for future me, and I hope it hasn't been brought up already. I, too, have fallen into the name of the wind trap. (laughs) Oh, no. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard our past book not recommendations, we have repeatedly said, do not read In the Name of the Wind. By Patrick Rothfuss. Because the 
it's supposed to be a trilogy and the first two books are fantastic and he never finishes the trilogy. It, he has worked on a TV show for for it. He has worked on a movie. I think there's a board game. There is no end to the trilogy. Do not throw money behind this book until Patrick Rothfuss finishes it. It's been over a decade. Yeah, it's... It, it. It's like some stupid joke I was trying to work up in my head. It's like, well, what is this? Oh, it's a, it, it's the most powerful drug in the world. It's amazing. What are the downsides? Absolutely nothing. So what's the problem? You can only do it twice. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be left with a feeling of wanting for the rest of your life. I can't even tell you <laughs> I mean, how much you know I looked I mean. forward. There were these stages of grief when I realized <laughs> there was not a third It was not one. coming back. Because... Uh, I immediately went, there's no way he didn't finish this series. Right. And then I was like, oh, no, he says it's going to be done by X date. Right? I, I argue that that is possibly the most devious way to get people to follow everything you ever put on social media. <sighs> because there are people who dive in hard on following Patrick Rothfuss, even if it's just yes. to, like follow him and troll him. Like, when's the third <laughs> book coming out? When's the next book? Stop playing miniature golf online. And, and <laughs> Every time he's doing, doing a live anything. stream of anything that isn't yeah. the book. <laughs> Why are you not sitting and writing? I, I so like many readers, I eventually gave up hope on the third book and that turned into anger. <laughs> I can't, I can't stress enough that the book is fantastic. The world building is Harry Potter level world building. Yes. It's better than Harry Potter. Actually. I argue that it's because better it's than more, Harry Potter. Because it's much more adult than Harry Potter. Well, it's, it's a little bit more realistic too, right? Like you could see how... It's, it's also more gritty. You know, like it, it, it's kind of more like Harry Potter meets Lord of the Rings. Exactly. You know, Because like, those are the fae. And but like stuff's bad. In, in, in Lord of the Rings, right? Like, things are really bad, but it's still very grounded in, like, semi-human reality. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see how things kind of got to this point. Harry Potter is very fantastical. Mm -hmm. And you still want, like, the actual spell casting and the actual cool stuff in Harry Potter, but you want to make it, like, grittier and yes. more like Lord of the Rings, and that's what it is. And then imagine a movie where Harry Potter isn't, like... Inept. Inept and just <laughs> helped at every step of the way and kind right. of fumbles into the solution the That's main character is actually part. like competent. insanely competent yeah, yeah. And don't read it but hey, don't read with it. that glowing review don't read it do not read this because because there isn't a third book i cannot i cannot recommend this to anybody because of how upset i was and i can't do that to anybody else yeah okay <laughs> unless you are somebody who really doesn't get upset by this stuff like you read like if you're a, a reader that likes fantasy i was pretty and you read upset like 30, with you because you introduced me I to the book and then i was upset for a you're while you're the second person i've done this to by the way i did it to somebody at work and that guy was like so pissed he was so pissed he was like playing a game of ping pong and he like dropped the paddle and he's like dude what the f there's no third book you didn't tell him I up totally front? I totally forgot to tell him. Oh, my God. It was... I also did not know. He doesn't talk to me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can opt for that. Hey. <laughs> I'm still salty. Yeah. No, and rightfully so. Uh, there was something I was going to say about that, though, that we were on the topic. 
Don't okay. Don't read it. Yeah. No. If you don't are, if give you're Patrick like a, Rothfuss any money if until a, he if finishes. If you're a serious the book reader, like you're moving through stacks of books and stuff like this doesn't bother you, or you're just going through them really quickly, go ahead read it. Who cares? But if you're like you read a couple of books a year, and this is the two you read, that would be like, oh dang. No. yeah, yeah. Sorry, dog. Don't don't do it. <laughs> anyway, okay. Continuing with the so. email. Andrew says, I too have fallen in the name of the wind trap and I'm waiting for the third book. Keep waiting. And Audible is saying next year. So fingers crossed. Andrew, bad news. It's been saying next year, every year for a decade. <laughs> it's like next year, question mark, question mark, question mark. I'm pretty sure he even said the book is finished. I, I don't know. But for he's what? talked about it. Of course he's talked about yeah. it. And then he said that the version that he finished didn't tie up everything that was in that had started in the first two books. Mm-hmm. Because it sounded like he w- wrote the series, then went back <laughs> and rewrote the first two books. Yeah. And then couldn't figure out how to wrap it by the third. Aye, aye, aye. So it's, it's <clears throat> definitely that big of a story where a third book mm. won't work. Right. There's no way. No, absolutely. It'd be like three times the thickness of every other book in the series. Every other book that is comparable, like book series that's comparable to this, is at a least part one five and a part books. Two. Well, but it's a part one and a part two for the last book to tie it up. Yes. Right. There's just, it's all build up in the first two books. It's yeah, because you have. all build up. Like if you look at Harry Potter, how many books is that? Plus Seven? It's got like two timelines. Yes. He's got past self and current self. That's so upsetting. Anyway, I'm not talking going. about him yeah, anymore. Yeah, we got to keep going. There's too much time devoted to this. <laughs> Andrew continues, secondly, I have my basic with honors and listening to this oh, podcast oh, is driving me to get my advanced and lastly to get Leia her drive to get her general. I propose that Josh makes another bet with her no just bets. like he did so that she can get her tech. Well, no more bets. You haven't even made good on the last bet. All bets are off. No, that bet was completed and you owe me. Congratulations on getting your tech, Leia, and you both keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. From Andrew, Team Hate Touch Lamp. Yes, Hate Touch Lamp. VA7AXS73. Appreciate it. You know, Andrew, that's a really good idea. I like it a lot. Josh doesn't make good on his bets. Yeah, apparently. Nope. You're how how sad for everybody to find out that you're not a man of honor who will eat a balut. <laughs> I'm. I have an appreciable amount of honor. Appreciate. I have to drink this terrible <laughs> beer now. Great. I was just gonna. Uh, I, was, I was just gonna let it go until you ran out of beer and had to drink mine. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Balut. It's on the list somewhere. Thank you for your email, Andrew. The next email is titled "The Tables Turn," and this is from Don, Grand High Wizard of RF, High Mage of the VHF UF. Mage Apprentices, Ben and Edison, and Mage Familiar Charlotte. That's funny. (laughs) How the turns have tabled. I have heard many times on the pod, and most from Josh, that people like to correct Josh when he makes a mistake on things he says. Constantly. 
This is not one of those. Oh. Instead, Leia Roybus is pronounced Roybus. I did not know that. Hmm. I also enjoy other herbal teas. Oh, yes. This like, was a throwback to the discussion. Like chamomile. <laughs> chamomile. <laughs> chamomile. <laughs> Now, true facts of the chameleon. Oh, well. Chameleon. While these are better for my health, they just don't hit the spot when I crave coffee. Mm. Not trying to be first. 100. Or last. 73. Yep. The RF Field Tech. Don KE5ADX. Thank you, Don. And thank you for correcting me. Roybus. Roybus is that uh, tea. It's a red tea high in antioxidants. Yeah, no. Makes you feel good. Yeah, it's just a yeah. bus mm-hmm. full of Roy's. Yeah. <laughs> or or one Roy. Why does it have to be full of Roy's? Oh, that's like that weird Uncle Roy. He's hey, I want van. you to know that living in a bus or van is very cool right now. Not this van. He's oh. got a wizard airbrush on the side of it. It's like Ooh. a 70s van with mm-hmm. shag carpet. And he calls it, the license plate says Roy Bus. Oh, I thought it said Love Oof. Machine. <laughs> well, that's what it's airbrushed on the other side. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Uncle Roy. He, he has to stay an appreciable amount of feet from school. <laughs> I don't want to drink this beer anymore. <laughs> you don't have to do, I don't know why you do this. I, Thank I'm you, the Don. one saying it. The next email is titled, A Long One. Uh-oh. And this is from Luke. That's what I need. I need, uh-oh. I need the, oh, no. I need that as a button. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> the, Luke says, hi, Leia. If this is too much to cover on the podcast, I totally understand. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> you're in luck. We split the podcast into two recording days now. <laughs> Not every time. We've but got this time week. for everything. <laughs> so we, can't, we, we, can't, we can't spoil it, though, so people don't know. That's got to be the challenge. It's true, because today we're recording on a Wednesday. <laughs> and we'll record again tomorrow. But Maybe. No, Unless we plow through it, it might be just be a two-hour podcast. I you don't know? think so. Maybe. First, I wanted to share my perspective on the three-bit binary question. I interpreted the question as asking how many combinations you can make. Do you remember the three-bit binary question? Yeah. But, no, the question? No, I don't remember the question, but I know the three-bit binary. Okay. The chart below says 000, 001, 010, 011, 110. No, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to read. Okay. Yeah, everybody right. knows. Well, most people know binary. How many how many combinations can you make? I would also like to compliment Josh on the coffee discussions. I worked in the specialty coffee industry for about eight years. Wow. I must say you have been pretty spot on with your coffee knowledge. Hey, thank you. Especially when you pointed out the biggest investment in the setup should be the grinder. Yeah. Good I know what job. I'm talking about. Thank you. Since you seem to have too much free time... You should consider getting into home roasting. No. I think you will find that fascinating. Don't buy some crappy, inexpensive Ugh. air roaster. Buy a hucky. Oh, geez. Is it a hucky? A hucky? It's, it's pronounced roibus. You, <laughs> you will find they can be, <clears throat> excuse me, hot rotted with PID controllers 
and such if you want to get really serious. This one's running nitrous. What is the PID controller? Mm, I have no PID, idea. I, I can't remember. I, do you know what? Don't look it up. Okay, Josh. I'm, I'm not. I'm, no, a PID I, controller is <laughs> it's a thing you can put on all kinds of electronics. I'm just not ready to. I, I could keep going. Do not pick up another hobby for the love I'm of God. Why are you searching something on your computer right now? <laughs> Stop. It's a proportional <laughs> integral deriv- derivative controller. Oh. It, it's something you can apply to different electronics to like have them turn on and off and control. I things. see. I think you would appreciate the book Modulating the Flavor Profile of Coffee by Rob Hoos. Not to be confused with Roy Bus. Okay. Rob, Rob Hoos. Yes. <laughs> Rob has a house. Yeah. Roy only has a bus. It's not house. It's Hoos. Well, depends on how it's. Is it, is it H-A with an umlaut no, it's, U-S? It's Hoos like... An owl. Who's? <laughs> Who's? <laughs> so he lives Since... in the Dr. Seuss world, you're saying. <laughs> Since I left the coffee industry, I have been working in the firearms industry. I feel like those two are closely <laughs> related. <laughs> Your content regarding firearms and self-defense has been great. Thank you. And I would like to make a couple of points. Sure. What? The floor is yours. <laughs> Choosing to carry a defensive weapon is but the first step in being prepared to defend yourself. You need to consider everything that happens immediately after the fact. Oh, okay. I, if this is where he's going, I'm, I'm on board. I love it. Even in clear cases of self-defense, there is a high probability that you will be arrested. Yep. Even if you are not ultimately charged with a crime. Know what lawyer you want to call. 100%. Know what language to use when you call 911. Example, I have just been the victim of an attempted mugging and the criminal is in need of immediate medical care. 100%. Not, holy shiz, I just shot someone, send cops now. (laughs) Because that is recorded and would potentially be used against you in the court of law. Right. So imagine you just dumped all that adrenaline and then you have to have the wherewithal to call for help. Mm. to keep in mind that you must say, well, not must, but you must try to clear, clearly say what happened and succinctly by you just cover the, the details up front, mm-hmm. not a bunch of extra stuff, just what happened. Clearly. Not this guy was sleeping with my wife and then he attacked me. <laughs> and now he was shot. I don't know what he happened. fell on my gun. <laughs> And it drove itself into his torso? <laughs> Two, while a purse is a horrible way to carry a gun, it is great for medical supplies. Oh, good point, too. Medical supplies should always accompany weapons. If you are establishing that you will fight to defend, you are also establishing that you are now more of a target than the non-defenders around you. 100%. Be yeah. prepared to deal with the injuries that can be associated with that. Yep. I, I agree completely. That That's part of the reason why I say the triangle of preparedness is first aid, firearms, and communication. Hmm. Wh- whichever way you have to do it, and you need to be prepared to. Hopefully, an adequate level of preparedness for all things, not one or the other. There's a comic I'm looking up. Keep going, and I'm going to read this comic because I think it's so funny. Take a trauma response class. Yes. Carry a tourniquet. 
It is also the case that you have a much higher chance of running into a medical emergency than you do of running into a violent one. Yes. On another note, I wanted to make a point about growing the hobby. I appreciate wanting to make it more approachable for more people. However, I think there may be lower hanging fruit. There are a great number of young adults working in STEM that have no idea how much they would enjoy ham radio. These individuals are more than capable. They simply don't know what they're missing out on. We simply need more people like you sharing it with the world. Well, thank you. I agree. Okay, one last thing. I had no idea how much I would love this radio stuff. I'm starting to wonder if a career change is in order. Would you consider doing an episode on possible adjacent careers? Oh, gosh, you've said it now. Uh, that is something I've been slowly building up uh, for a while now. Oh, plot Now spoil. i got to put the gas on it because other people are going to hear this and be like, that's a fantastic idea. Uh, yeah, no, there's, there's actually a lot of uh, adjacent career paths. Astronauts. So you and five other people have the chance of becoming an astronaut. I hope you're ready for that uh, challenge. Luke signs off. Thanks for everything, Luke. Thank you, Luke. There was, oh God, this comic is so funny. It was like a multi-panel like written comic, but it was basically two people talking and they're like, well, so you're you're carrying a gun and you, you didn't take your gun to go train. Like you didn't go take training. Okay. And you skip the first aid class and you don't carry a tourniquet. And, you know, there's a couple of items lying. And he goes, you're, you're not you're not actually a gun carrier. You're a loot drop. <laughs> okay. Which I thought was funny. It's a little harsh, but I thought it was pretty funny. It is harsh. And I butchered the joke a little bit. But mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. That's not normally like you. Yeah. Usually, you know. Right on the spot. I am sometimes. Johnny on the spot. Yeah, I am sometimes, but not that time. The next email is titled, Shirt Idea. And this is from Carl. Carl, I'm going to go ahead and preempt this by saying, I'm not sure that this is going to become a shirt, but we'll see how Josh reacts. (laughs) You're prefacing it (laughs) before you read it. Okay. The shirt idea is huge dits. And (laughs) it's a bunch of, it's, I'm, I'm assuming what reads out to huge dits in Morse code. I can't see any of it. Here, I'm going to try. It's okay. I I get it. Sincerely, fine business. I I think it's humorous. It is humorous. But... We have female hams. And slightly (laughs) alienating if, you know, I I don't want, you know. know I am a female ham. You are a female ham. Yeah. So the shirt's for you is what you're saying? No. No, I'm saying that it may be off-putting to yeah. to some. I think so. And that's the last thing we want, right? Yeah. More YLs. Not Oh, I don't even know if YLs okay to say anymore. I, don't I think see there was why. a there was a fight over that. I've got into it with some folks on the term YL. You? I thought it was uh, somebody else. Other people have gotten into it with me on the term YL. <laughs> oh, it's always you <laughs> and somebody else? No, there's else? other people, yeah. but I'm not going to drop names That's true. On, on people that uh, their feelings on it. There All are right. people, there are women that are pro and there are women who are con the term All right. YL. Well, thank you for that, Carl. The next email is titled, you guys are funnier when I'm drunk. And this is from Cass. Sure. Hey, we really are. <laughs> Much better when you're drinking with us. 
I just spent all day with Leia and Josh at work. My work, not yours. You see, my new hearing protection arrived from Amazon and it's Bluetooth. I spent all eight hours listening to you talk and I have a response for your last podcasts. <laughs> I just I just want to point out, he kicked this off by saying, you're a lot funnier when <laughs> I'm drunk and then immediately started talking about spending eight hours at work. So it sounds like maybe we weren't what this is, funny. <laughs> no, his, I'm, I'm his curious last, what he does for work that he's drunk. I think he's saying that it's it's funnier when he's not at work. Oh, okay. He just suffered through... <laughs> He's got some a kind of like mad sober. man position where he spends most of the time at the drink cart. The two types of York patties taste different, big and small. Different and neither different. to my liking. <gasps> what? Cass. Reasons all the way. Okay, you know what reasons are delicious? I'm yeah, gonna 100%. Give you that. Yes. Anyway, my shirt idea would be the picture of safety glasses and earmuffs with the motto saying, wear protection every time you HRCC. That's funny. <laughs> okay. That is funny. It I was, think reasons are going to be like the Werther's originals for boomers, but reasons are like that for millennials. Reasons are fantastic, though. We're going to be like, Gold, get yourself a candy out of the candy dish. It's like, oh, Grandpa, it's the reasons again. I can't even find them at yeah, the store probably anymore. Probably only sold in Canada or something. Canadians, is that true? You have reasons? That and the good Cadbury cream eggs. <sighs> you guys have got it all. <laughs> <laughs> but you got that milk in a bag, so I don't know. No, I'm just, I, not we know all that's the not, milk comes We know that's bag. not all how the milk is, is sent in. It's not a bad idea, though. We have a lot of plastic waste and jugs. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine just amping somebody up on the side of the road, too, when you're a kid with a, with a bag of milk? <laughs> did people do that with jugs no <laughs> why would you throw a bag of milk why, why was just, that you're know. like a I'm bag just like, of I'm milk i'm gonna huck this at something <laughs> i've got a bag of milk the only reasonable thing to do with this is while i'm driving and i see somebody uh -huh. on the side of the road i will Huck it at them. So sometimes I have this thing called intrusive thoughts that happen. Have you heard of intrusive thoughts? Is it an ADD thing? I think it might be. I don't know. It's it's connected to like everything could be like chill and everybody's having a good time. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, what would happen if I just took my hot coffee and dumped it on Bob over here? <laughs> just like aggressively threw it at his face. Like intrusive thoughts are a real thing. Like if you look that up, it's it's a, hey, that's a thing that happens in my head sometimes. Am I Bob, Josh? No. Just, like, you're just like at a lunch event and everybody's sitting around having small little chit chat, small talk. And I'm sitting here going like, I'm bored. I'm keeping up with the conversation. I'm like, hey. <laughs> you know what? This is live enough, this what, party. What happened? If I just uh, just amp somebody in the face with this uh, this cup of coffee, like very aggressively, like, yeah. You'd be that. charged with assault. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's usually what what the uh, the the thoughts end in is like. No, yeah, you'd get fired, and you know, yeah. thing. You'd have to go to court. In response to the storm awareness signs, Cass continues. I have only been through severe thunderstorms, floods, and one earthquake. I didn't notice the earthquake in 2011, but I was about 200 miles from the center. Oh, that's, yeah, that's Yeah, that's not, far. yeah, that's not close enough to the epicenter. I live near Johnstown, uh, Pennsylvania, which has flooded three times, 1989, 1936, and 1977. Welcome to Johnstown, 
slogan, we haven't learned our lesson about floods. <laughs> what? what can they do about floods? I'm kidding. The city sits at the confluence <laughs> of two whole rivers. Town up, like Didn't they do that with Sacramento? It's a city built Seattle. on top of a no, Sacramento too. Uh, okay. I, I'm assuming most cities are like that. They're like, hey, this is all trash. Let's just knock it down and build on top of it. Okay. No, but they and don't even knock like it down. And then you, you could take the like tourist yes. tour. It's like, these tunnels are haunted because they're all haunted. Of course they are. The, because people go down there and do murders, obviously. Well, I mean, there was murders that happened when that was the town. Oh. But now they buried it with another town. I think, isn't part of New Orleans like that too? Probably. I believe it. I mean, that's that's the town where like everything is kind of like under sea level. It's below sea level. Mm, for flooding. That's why they use mausoleums in their graveyards. Wow. Because if it floods hard enough, people actually like... Pop out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. It's a little Sad. messed up. The city sits at the confluence of two rivers in a steep river valley. The Stony Creek and the little Conema. Conema pronounced Konima rivers form the Konima River. The Pennsylvania Railroad was built one of my favorite properties to buy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Pennsylvania Railroad, <clears throat> excuse me, the Pennsylvania Railroad built a stone rail bridge just down the stream from the confluence or point as we call it. Debris tends to build up on the upstream side of the rail bridge forming a dam. At all this, at the bottom of the valley, nearly 1,000 feet from the ridge tops on either side. Wow. None of this is good in wet weather. No. We haven't had a bad flood since 1977, but the potential exists. In 1977, well, it was a few years before I was born. Well, nine years before. Moon bows and sun bows are circles around the sun and moon, which appear in cold weather because of high altitude ice crystals. In my experience, neither predict bad weather. I have never seen a full moon bow, but I have seen a full sun bow and photographed the related sun dogs. These seem to happen non, not long after sunrise and equally before sunset. As for the green sky before the bad storm, maybe. Light takes on a different color depending on which way the storm is traveling. The long wavelength red light gets through the water in the clouds while the short wavelength blue light gets absorbed or reflected by the water. So clouds look darker from underneath. Green, maybe. I'm not good with color. <laughs> the best indicator of an upcoming change of weather for me was how the maple tree leaves tend to turn over when rain is approaching. Maple leaves have a shiny green top side and a dull bottom side, therefore are the most obvious tree to watch. Mm. Sugar and red maples both seem to do this. I don't have many silver maples near me to observe, but I would guess they do the same. Are the leaves turn over so that the gray side is up? Sure. In, in a change of weather? Wow. I, I mean, that's what he's saying. 
Even better would be having a radio program for the NOAA weather alerts. I don't do this because I figure I can always turn on a radio to check the weather. Most two-meter handheld radios can receive NOAA broadcasts. At least my FT60 and my county's HTs can. I wish I had turned mine on before I was caught in a microburst in SC a few years ago or freezing when the temperatures dropped to 24 Fahrenheit at the Mars opposition last fall. I was not prepared for such cold temps in early October. Also, a special thanks for reminding me about my time at Scouts Camp each summer. My childhood summers. I haven't been listening to you for multiple summers yet. My scout camp was on the grounds of a state park, and you can imagine the chaos of hundreds of teenagers. Yep can cause i remember burning my emergency prep shelter to leave no trace or failing <laughs> my cooking merit badge because instant oatmeal didn't count as cooking as an aside the archery counselor always said to fire at will and will is a little guy who hides behind the bullseye so he should fit into any fire safe <laughs> scout Scouts genuinely builds in dad jokes. Yes. There is a, basically a list of approved jokes, right? Y yes. That can be because used at offensive. scout meeting. Right. And so the scouts take turns telling these jokes at pack meetings. Right. That are non-offensive, but right. also pithy and to the point. Right. Another shirt idea... What happens at field days, what happens at field day goes in the log or what happens on soda goes in the log. That's that's not bad. Yeah. For field day aficionados for soda yeah. for poda. One more thing. Robert Heinlein answered one of the biggest questions of mankind. Whenever a question starts with why don't they? The answer is money. I think it was in <laughs> To Sail Beyond the Sunset, but it's been many years since I read any Heinlein and can really only recommend Starship Troopers of all of his works. Best regards, Cass, N3FLO. Thank you so much, Cass, for that email. And uh, you're right, the answer usually is money. I did read Starship Troopers. Good book. You you'd often recommend that to people, actually. Oh, DMR and a stranger in a strange land. Stranger in a strange land is arguably a better book, I feel. But really, yeah. Why? You'd have to read it. Okay. Um, Does it have a sequel that doesn't happen? No, Starship okay. Troopers is like hardcore, like military, sci-fi okay. military stuff. It is not like the movie of the same name. Nothing could be further from the book. Why did they do that? The political atmosphere is kind of similar, but the um, the book is much better than the movie and very different. Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land is about a Martian who comes to Earth. Actually, he's a he's an astronaut who thought who they thought was lost mm -hmm. on Mars mm -hmm. and they ended up finding him and bringing him back. And he was living with the Martians and kind of like fully indoctrinated into Martian society. Okay. It's very good. That's where the term grok comes from. I've never heard the term grok. It's a word that means a lot of things. He often says, like, do you grok? 
and that's a word that means like, do you understand, mm. is the simplest explanation of what grok means. It's like, do, do you smurf? comprehend? It's very complicated. It's not smurf? We're not going. Okay. Uh, kind of. Yeah, maybe. That would be the closest. Right. Yeah, but smurf can be anything. Yes. Grok is a little bit more specific. Okay. Anyway. The next email is titled DMR for Linux, and this is from John. Hello, Leah and Josh. Thank you for all you do for the ham community. Thank you, John. Mm -hmm, thank you. I am looking into DMR, but finding that most HT programming software works only on Windows computers. While researching, I came across QDMR, a Linux-based program that is compatible with several brands' models of DMR radios. I downloaded the software onto my Ubuntu box and began to assemble a very simple code plug for the cheap Redivis RT3s that currently resides in my Amazon shopping cart. I searched YouTube for tutorials on QDMR but haven't found any. Any chance you and Josh could look into it and possibly give a public beta for me and other non-MS users? Thanks and 73, John, KD7QOY. Have you heard of QDMR? No, but I'm looking it up right now. It says a code plug programming tool for DMR radios. So it's literally designed to help people build a DMR code plug. Code plug is just a word we use to define the programming of the repeaters and the analog frequencies that you have on a DMR radio, including the talk groups and all that fun stuff. Interesting. Well, I've got it in my... Uh, Cool. Oh, so, okay. So there is a table that has supported radios, and it is not a complete, it's kind of a lacking list, to be honest. It's in its infancy? No, it's not the, it's not the app's fault. The apps would do it if it could. It's probably the radios. Hmm. So basically, if you have OpenGD firmware on a, on a GD77... You can do most things except for scanless, roaming, CPS, and APRS. If you have the Radioddity Baofeng RD5R, you can do most things except roaming, CPS, APRS, and there's no call sign DB. It looks like the Redivis RT3S or the TYT MDUV390 can do most things except roaming and APRS, which is pretty good. The Anytone, though, is probably the best one. The Anytone AD, uh, AT878, which is not surprising, uh, UV is going to do almost everything. So maybe consider if you're going to go down this road that you have an Anytone 878 UV. There you go. Great. Well, thank you. John signs off. Thanks in 73. John Higgins, KD7QOY. Right on. I'll take a look. The next email is titled, I want a free shirt. Okay. And this, this is a very interesting picture. I, I believe this, this is from Corey. Hang on. He didn't sign off. So I'm just going to say, Corey, greetings, Leia, and your ham sandwich, a.k.a. Josh. Insert sun-dried tomato joke here. I am an uncured ham, and I am testing at 80% on my technician practice. Go take exam. the test. 
I want to pass my general at the same time. Oh. So I need to double down and hurry before the price goes up. I'm from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and want to do some overlanding in the Midwest. All my Jeep buddies run CB and GMRS. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to talk them into getting their ham license. What would be a good argument to get them into ham? APRS. This, I mean... It's a good question because a lot of people will wonder why they need to get a license at all when they can easily communicate, um, you know, in the same area with CB and GMRS. Yeah. So uh, with ham radio, you're going to be able to use VHF as well. GMRS is UHF only. And it's but why do they want that? VHF will go further in most situations okay. than UHF. And with the control that is allowed through the responsibility of having a license, you have much more frequencies at your disposal, which might not be a problem if you're just overlanding. You can just use GMRS. I have nothing against GMRS. You, you, I would use GMRS over CB in the ranking order of, of hmm. radios that I would use. Interesting. The The big thing for me, though, is APRS. I, I would use AP, I, I think APRS is a huge selling point for anyone that is going to do overlanding. Just because of the distance? No, because it, it's going to give you an accurate location of where you are at any one time and beacon that to everybody in your group. Oh. So there is no ambiguity of where anybody is. So you're always going to be providing your location to the people that are in your party. Oh, that's a good idea. And you could also use it to send messages back home, whatever, emails, text messages for family members that aren't with you, make sure the wife knows, hey, I'm okay, blah, blah, blah. If you're outside of cell phone coverage, APRS is really the outdoor mode if you're somebody that goes outdoors a lot. And if you don't want to have it uh, track your location, you can turn that off. No big deal. All right. Yeah, there's all kinds of value to it. And what would be the best Jeep ham for me and my club to keep in touch with each other and still keep in touch with the rest of the world while on the trail? I'm assuming he meant radio. Yes. Um, well, if, if you want to go APRS, you really only have a couple of options. There is the Yesu FTM 300, the FTM 400, and then the, what is it? The Kenwood DM 557, something like that. There are not a ton of APRS radios on the market, and they're fairly on the higher end of radio. So FTM 300 is probably going to be about the least expensive to get started with APRS. I did. I was at the ham radio outlet. No. Shock. And there was a, a, a person in a Jeep. Okay. And she was in there saying how like she couldn't, the, the radio wasn't working. And they, they're like, Josh, could you go take a look? <laughs> Uh, you come in and you are tech support as they're all tech support. they could all do it they were just busy answering phones and all yeah. that stuff uh it turns out she had an icom 2730a which is a fantastic radio to put in a jeep doesn't have aprs but it has a big screen lots of memory channels and it can do crossband repeat ah that's another really good uh feature that you could use if you were in a jeep that that could be handy too crossband repeat what does crossband repeat do crossband repeat by the way that's the topic of this week's live stream too crossband repeat is the ability to use a mobile radio as a go-between with your handheld so handhelds only have five watts and they have pretty limited antenna systems 
In your mobile radio, you have 50 watts output with a much better antenna. So you can use your mobile radio, you put it into crossband repeat mode, and you transmit from your handy talkie into the mobile radio. And then the mobile radio will spit out more power, basically. More power, less weight. On the frequency that you want to talk on. So you could have it keyed to a repeater that you can't get with your handy talkie from where you're at, turn on the mobile radio, get the 50 watts, boom, you're into the repeater. So wow. that could be the difference of getting heard and not getting heard is having a mobile radio 50 watts with crossband repeat. Okay. Yeah. Well, on to Corey's shirt idea. It is your face photoshopped onto what looks like maybe a young Arnold Schwarzenegger's body. Let's hear. And shirtless. That is yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like his body's very distinct. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, Corey. I'm not sure you're going to get a shirt. I... <laughs> It makes me feel a little uncomfy. Lena <laughs> is not on board with your shirt. Denied free shirt. Denied. Though I hope Josh answered your question about why and which radio. I hope Or your Jeep. Uh, yeah, you can reach out to me and, and we can have a further discussion on that. I mean, there's, there's more points and maybe that even deserves its own video. It is why you should go with ham radio over GMRS and CB. There are a multitude of good reasons. but Okay. The next email is titled Connectors and Cable Strippers. And this is from Don. I'm going to say something mm -hmm. that I realize at the point that I become a real ham or a better... When I become a real ham. Become better acquainted with electronics components. Yeah. At some point when I see the phrase cable strippers, I'm not going to imagine people dressed up like cable repair guys stripping <laughs> or cable repair men or women stripping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> because okay. when I saw this title, I was like, why are we talking about strippers? <laughs> okay. But it's, it's a tool, you see? <laughs> Don says, hi, Josh and Leia. Did as you order the rigid heliacs? <laughs> Feed line? <laughs> what are we talking I about? <laughs> I'm here to lay the coax. <laughs> as my job is heavily into making connectors and stripping cables. <laughs> <laughs> I am Could you imagine him just like with a pile of cables, inanimate cables, and he's just stripping in front of him right now? Is that what you're visualizing? Like, this is weird. <laughs> the cables are like, did you order this? This is a part of your job. Like, <laughs> this has a function. I am a certified connector maker from Comscope, formerly Andrews. Let me give my opinion. Oh. As far as connectors, I use Times microwave connectors on LMR 240 and LMR 400. Good. I especially like the crimp on connectors. Me too. To prep the cable, I use either the electrician scissors, box cutters, or the Times microwave cable prep tool, which you can find here. And there's links to the LMR 400 and the LMR uh, 240. 
73, the RF Field Tech, Don, KE5ADX. That is Don's second email of, <laughs> of the podcast. And I appreciate the second email because I appreciate how long our record-breaking last podcast was. Yes. <laughs> Lots of things to comment on. Thank you, Don. The next email is titled Poda Activation Idea. Oh, that Times Microwave Tool is fantastic. It's $100. Oh. You better be cutting a lot of coax to, to How pay much for is that it thing. normally? Uh, the little twisty kind like I have. Okay. I don't know, like 15 bucks. Yeah, but how well does it strip? You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> fair. Fair point. <laughs> Uh, that's a sweet tool. I, I wish I owned one, but it's it's literally $100. I had to think about that. I'm like, oh, that's one that I almost bought, didn't I? And I was like, yeah, I didn't buy that. That was even getting that was getting down to German hand tool prices. And I was like, I can only get so many of those. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that restraint. Yeah. Amazing. If somebody wants to send me a Times Microwave Coax tool, I'll review it. <laughs> no question. The next email is titled A Poda Activation Idea from Mike, Josh, and Leah. I had thought for a future Poda activation in Minnesota, we have only one national park. It's the Boundary Waters Canoeing Area, BWCA. Yep, we've heard about that. My suggestion is to get a group of operators that are willing to venture out into the wilderness and set up camp and do some fishing, camping, and radio. Mm -hmm. I love going up there, but my dad is getting up there in age and my uncles aren't too far behind. Even if you can't go, maybe there are others interested and we could set up something for next year. My oh. email is good on QRZ if interested. So Mike, before you go any further, highly recommend that you contact ham radio adventures yes and i i believe their website is just hamradioadventures.com i think so but yeah if you, if you start with those guys which is a club yes uh they'll put the word out and then there will likely if you say hey i'm going out here um i'm getting it's a campsite or whatever then fishing you, camping and radio you you might be yeah. surprised how many people will follow you out yeah. there i think you really just have to put the call out sometimes like, you just got to put the call out in the right places. Like, put it out on our Discord, mention it on Ham Radio Adventures, and, and you'd be surprised how many people come out. Yes. I think you'd get a lot. I'm surprised that Minnesota only has one national park, though, because I feel like Minnesota is very outdoorsy as a state. I believe the Boundary Waters National Park is huge, though. Oh, it's the size of multiple national parks? They well, just remember, put it in one area. <laughs> it's, the, it's the land of, like, a thousand lakes, right? Right. So the Boundary Waters is, I believe, part of that. Oh. Space. When, when we were in Minnesota, they, they were talking about the Boundary Waters and how that's like their big thing they do like every year. Right. They it's just huge get event. in a canoe and they head out to a, a little island, any random island they happen upon and they yeah. set up. Mm -hmm. That is outdoor. A lot of canoeing and a lot of portaging. Portage. I don't know if portaging is the word or portage. What is portage? It's where you pick everything up out of the canoe and carry it over land to the next body of water where you put it back in. Oh. Really? That's where the term porters come from. Huh. I did not know that. Learned something new today. Every time you listen to the podcast. Every time. Of course, the group would need a Coda Canoes on the Air t-shirt. Uh -huh. <laughs> but that's for another day. We also need to take some Skyline Chili. Need to get that reference in. <laughs> 73 WX0MIK. There you go. I wonder if they do a dehydrated Skyline Chili. That is a fantastic <laughs> idea. 
They need like a backpacker's pantry skyline chili. I just need a freeze dryer. And I, and I don't think anybody else... Skyline Chili is a big enough brand that they can get something going with one of the major backpack food suppliers. They should be, they should be doing this. Skyline. If they're not doing this, they should be doing this. This is crazy. Yes. Yes. That's a... And Skyline... Because it's easy. You just bring I spaghetti. royalties. Yeah. You bring <laughs> spaghetti, which is already pretty light. Yes. Crack and then it. You boil you know, it. Throw it in the boiling water. Yeah. Drain it. Hit it and then hit it with the chili. Yeah. Or vice versa. I guess you'd sure. have to have two pots. Eh, whatever. You could work it out. Well, I mean, easy. they do a chili mac where everything's in the same container. You could dehydrate the pasta all in one thing. But also, Skyline Chili makes a bag of chili spaghetti that is sealed. Yeah, but it's already got the water in it. It's not yeah. dehydrated. Right. So they just need to do the, the dehydration thing. But why? You're going to have to carry the water out for the dehydrated good anyway, right? Well, not necessarily. There could be an open water source that you filter. Oh, that's true. But then it might not taste like Skyline. Maybe Skyline really needs Cincinnati water. Oh, my you know? God. Ohio water. Oh, I'm, that. sure that's, <laughs> I'm sure that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> The next email is titled, Voices, Candies, Food, Field Day, and a Question. Right on. And this is from Chris. Hello, Josh. And as per my Japanese wife, sexy voice lady. Wow. <laughs> she caught an hour or so of the podcast on our way home from shopping. When we arrived at home, she made the sexy voice lady comment. This further ensued into a 30-minute conversation in both English and Japanese of trying to explain what a valley girl is. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Still not sure she understands, and as much as I may need to resort to the 1983 classic movie as a last resort. Oh, the valley girls movie? No. Yes. Is there a better... So, you know, what's really interesting is I recently started watching for the first time mm -hmm. Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh, no. Only because Bruce Jenner. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Caitlyn Jenner mm -hmm. is running for governor, I believe, in either this recall election mm -hmm. or the next election. Okay. And I know nothing about Caitlyn Jenner. And I okay. feel like going through Keeping Up with the Kardashians would give me a real insight because in the first season, he is a very conservative, straight, white male. Yes. Right? And I don't know how... I think he's still conservative? He is still conservative. Yeah, okay. But I don't... He, he starts out the first episode or the second episode, he is against his teenage daughters even modeling in bathing suits. Oh. For okay. an ad, okay. right? So, which is very surprising considering where we are now with the Kardashians. <laughs> but I bring that well, up. Well, arguably how they got popular. Yes. Mm, yes. I, I bring this up because I am now paranoid that I will take on a Kardashian-like vocal fry. That is an unexpected. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So if in a year... <laughs> Or however long I can stand to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> you hear my voice starting to sound like one of them. Mm -hmm. 
feel free to call me out. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to make sure to scratch off the uh, binge-watching session of The Nanny that I had planned for you, (laughs) if you're so quick to be influenced by the people that you listen to. I would watch The Nanny. No. Yeah. Is that the one with Fran Fran Drescher? Yeah, no. Oh, how about Super Nanny? What's Super? Then I could be British. Oh. (laughs) Okay. On to the candy. While York peppermint patties are excellently yummy, they cannot compare to a frozen Kit Kat straight out of the freezer. Hmm. Have you had that before? I'm I'm not on board with this. I assume it tastes quite a bit like a frozen cake. There's well, just the cakey part of the, a frozen cake. The the wafer cookie I don't feel gets anything from being frozen. But the layers in between the cookie probably I mean, it adds like ice texture. Cream. It adds yeah. like a hardness. It's delightful. Yeah. And I'm going to try this. I kind of was on board with like frozen Snickers for a while. Oh. That's a fun thing. I think that's too hard. Oh, think, no, it's super hard. I think caramel freezes up too hard. Well, so does nougat. It turns into a rock. Yes. Yeah. So. It's not something you just like slam. I'm with it on the Kit Kat. I'm going to try it out. I'll, I'll let you know next week. <laughs> when it okay, comes... you know what? I, I would actually go on. Uh, I will I will make a statement right now. Okay. I would be more interested in having a frozen, small-sized York peppermint patty than a frozen Kit Kat at this point. Wow. That's my feeling on that one. So Kit Kat's like a bottom-tier candy for you? If we're talking specific, if we're adding in... I don't even understand your candy ranking anymore. Attribute. I don't get it. I don't get it. it. You don't like Yorks, but then you crap on Kit Kats. I, don't I like Kit Kat. <laughs> I don't know where you I like stand Kit Kat at its, at its normal operating temperature. That's the kind okay. of Kit Kat I like. I feel that adding, putting cold on the Kit Kat does nothing for it i do also like three musketeers that's a good one we talked and about I that bet, and that's I, all nougat that's like yeah ah. i wonder what that's like frozen it's 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 literally a shiv it's <laughs> it's gonna stab my mouth with flavor literally yeah it's like you get a, a wrong bite on that gets you this weird fractal cut and you slice your tongue off it's worth the risk. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I, I would argue that a York peppermint patty in the freezer actually does something good for it. Like, it's it makes it even more refreshing. Yes. So you agree the that Kit they're Kat, deliciously refreshing. They're refreshing. <laughs> deliciously. I'm not, no, no, I'm not going that far. I'm not going that far. I feel that putting the Kit Kat in the freezer does nothing to the Kit Kat. It only hinders the Kit Kat. Putting a York pepper and patty in a freezer actually steps it up a bit. Well, Josh, we're going to find out. Okay. I'm going to bring back a York peppermint patty and a Kit Kat, and we're going to freeze them, and we're going to eat them while solving unsolved cold cases. (laughs) And then there will be some cold cuts. (laughs) I should get a, a... Three Musketeers, too, just to figure out how dangerous it is. And we will be drinking cold Aquavit. Ooh, no, thank you. Okay. (laughs) When it comes to the mint category, nothing beats homemade cream cheese. Am I reading that right? Homemade cream cheese party mints? What? Right out of the freezer. What is a homemade cream cheese party mint? So you get a bunch of mint leaves and some cream cheese? 
I have both of these things. Are you telling me this is good? Because there's a trend on TikTok where they're putting all kinds of weird things together, like mustard on watermelon. It's okay. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. Thought it would be terrible. It's actually kind of like a a watermelon salad. And then there there was uh, mushrooms, like raw mushroom caps with cream cheese. Oh. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this delicious no the mushrooms kind of meaty and that's a great low carb treats yeah and then malona ice cream there is a korean ice cream that is a melon a creamy melon popsicle and they put gojujang on it Ooh, gojujang is the sugary spicy garlicky uh maybe not garlicky but i know it's at least spicy and sugary and it's lightly well like, it depends on what you get but gojujang is generally a little bit more spicy i, I it's like the korean version it's, isn't it like of bean? a, isn't there a bean chamoy in it? isn't there bean in it or something no pea no. something pea no like a pea what? like a, like a <laughs> no. not like urine i didn't mean like yeah. that <laughs> it's uh, gojujang now i have to look up the ingredients of gojujang come on anyway so <laughs> I am I am not going to say anything bad about what people come up with for their food because until you've had it, you can't say anything bad about it because it might be amazing. Okay. A lot of the stuff in TikTok is like a hat on a hat. What, <laughs> what does that mean? You ever heard the term hat on a hat? No. I did buy the kids a book of American idioms. <laughs> hat on a hat is a good idiom. So you're you're unfamiliar with what? Oh, it's miso. So there is there is a okay bean. That's what miso is. Okay, all right. Not pea though. Not peas <laughs> was what I meant. Peas. A hat on a hat is you already have a hat and a hat is fine, but then you took an extra step and put a hat on top of the hat. It serves no extra purpose. Is that like how you wearing... put a tie on a tie? I did that. Yeah, at the wedding, you took Edison's tie. Nobody noticed it. it. It's on, on the thumbnail tie. for that last video too. There's a tie on a tie. <laughs> Nobody noticed it. Nobody said anything about the, the ties. Thumbnail. Don't even match. I know. I know. It's crazy. Hat on a hat. Yeah, it's it, it's like a you had something that was already good, and then you put something on top of it, which serves no purpose other than to just be okay. extra. So hear me out. What if homemade cream cheese party mints is actually create like cheesecake on top of thin mints? Because that that I think I would love that. That's like it's just it's just smashed up thin mints as the crust. Yes. And then you put a cheesecake on top. I feel like yeah. you wouldn't call it a homemade or che- uh, cream cheese. Or mint. it's like a Girl Scout thin mints topped with the cream cheese cr- um, cream. You know the because you can buy it right out of a a container now. Philadelphia cheesecake comes in a tub now. <laughs> Maybe you just squeeze that on. Anyways. I'm I'm going to need to know more, Chris. Okay, so I'm looking at what these are. There's a recipe for cream cheese mints. Okay, and they are look, not what you think they it are. It is not what it is not a not cheesecake cheese. with okay. with a right. thin mint crust. Okay. Uh, let's see. The ingredients of this is eight ounces of cream cheese, one quarter cup of challenge butter, oh. two pounds of powdered sugar. Okay, well, that is essentially a cheesecake. 1.2 teaspoons of mint ac- extract. Okay. Gel food coloring. And oh. 
one half cup powdered sugar for rolling the mints. Huh. I get a strong Robertson's mints kind of. Uh, I'm into this. I, I would try this recipe. Uh, I, I'm not Here, sure. I'll show what, you the picture. I, I'm not Look. sure what season these are. Ooh, they're cute. Too. They're like pastel fork. They look like a. They look like a peanut butter cookie that the Easter Bunny threw up on, but they're tiny. Okay, so Chris, I'm going to ask you when you eat this, because <laughs> do you I'm eat it make with it. a cheesecake? <laughs> I mean, what season? It looks like it's Eastery, so maybe it's an Easter treat. I, I, I put food all into seasonal categories. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you talk to me about this again before springtime, you're dead to me. <laughs> On to food. Don't make Josh eat balut. It's disgusting. Wrong, Chris. Wrong. Josh is going to eat the balut. It's going to be delicious. <laughs> you're yucking her yum. And now field day. Field day, it was my first and quite fun. We operated as a 1A and made a decent number of contacts, even with the rather crappy weather conditions. So when I was tracking logs uh, or uh, entering logs for your contacts on field yes. day, I think it was 1B or 1C. One, 1 Bravo, uh, yeah. And what does that mean? What Portable. Is, and what's 1A? Club. How many other letters are there? Um, five or six. There's also mobile, okay. home, home with uh, running on emergency power, running out of an EOC. Oh. Uh, there's a couple of options. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. There's like a, a pair too. There's like a, two people. I think that's portable actually. A anyway. Chris continues. It's last week. I forgot all of it. <laughs> Most of our small group that attended were new hams. Several of the older hams decided to stay home due to yeah. poor health conditions. Yeah. This gave everyone there as much seat time as they wanted and probably some extra they didn't want. Ah, very good. It, it appeared as we tore down that all the technician class individuals were now hooked and properly motivated to get their general class licenses and HF rigs. Hopefully this turns a trend that has occurred everywhere. Or sorry, this is a trend that has occurred everywhere. I hope so. Question. That's the point. Yes. While sitting in several pileups on 20 meters at various different frequencies throughout the day and night someone would at times blast out what appeared to be a digital data over those trying to talk was this a nefarious ass or was there a logical explanation for this happening i don't know about antenna tuner maybe don't know i don't know mm. uh, the 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 cynic in me makes me think that it was somebody being a lid. I, I think that's what it probably was. I don't think right. it serves many purposes, particularly if you're just doing single sideband. All right. Chris signs off. Thanks. Chris the Mailman 73. Chris the Mailman. Thank thanks. you for Glad that field day there. report. Yes, thanks. Appreciate that. I hope we get more of those. The next email is titled Elmer. Hello, Josh and Leia. Just wanted to drop a quick note to tell you that Josh is my Elmer and you, Leia, are an asset to the podcast. Thank, thank you. you. That's great to say. Thank you so much. You ask questions that newbies like me are curious about. I got my tech last year and passed my general today, the 27th. Congratulations. Congrats. Thanks for all you both do. 73, Chuck. 
Katie9QIY slash AG. Before you got home today, I worked out like two more episodes of the technician class license video. You did. And I had such a good time doing it. I had a lot of fun. I, I'm this like, is the one where you're going through the most wrong. I'm going from the, the sections that people miss the most and okay. working my way down to the ones that are the easiest. Okay. And I just had a lot of fun doing it. I don't know what it is. I think it was. So I think the big thing that helped was I stopped doing. I stopped saying all the wrong answers. I just said only the right answers. And then I explained why they were right. And okay. It was, it was fun. It was really fun to do that. So I'm, I'm really excited to get those videos uploaded. So excellent. I'm going to knock out the rest of them, I think, pretty soon here. Thank you so much for that email, Chuck. The next email is titled Captain Crunch or Crunch Berries. And this is from Rob. Hi, Leia and Josh. Forget the little round <laughs> chocolate minty treats that taste great when frozen. Ah, see. Let's get back on topic. Top three cereals. I'll go old school. Three is Fruit Loops. Two, Cap'n Crunch. One, Frosted Flakes. Oh, I'm. You threw me for a loop. I didn't. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Frosted Flakes. I've definitely had a many a bowl of Frosted Flakes, but they're day. great. They're not great. No. Okay. They're actually. I would prefer to eat them sans milk or very little milk. Okay. Because once you get the milk in them and they start getting soggy, they lose their frostedness. Okay. When I was a kid, yeah, my Here cereals we were kicks. Oh, my God. You... Not too sweet. I... Then cookie crisp. Yeah, I, I knew cookie crisp was going to get in there some well because I was like, yeah, that is the one, co- the one cereal my mom <laughs> would not buy. My mom would buy me any cereal I wanted. I always she wanted just cookie like, crisp. It's cookie. They're cookies. They're yeah. literally cookies. You're, <laughs> and I not would not even eat them with milk. I would just put them in a little Ziploc bag and take them to school oh. <laughs> like a little cookie snack. You're such a dork. <laughs> So you didn't eat them with milk? No, no. So then, okay, what's and your then, third? And uh, then Raisin Bran Crunch. <laughs> oh my gosh. I also like grape. I like grape nuts. I did. That's what I was going to say too. I also like grape nuts. Only if they're frozen though. Those people <laughs> that microwave them are ludicrous. Who microwaved grape nuts? That was a thing. That was a whole ad campaign. Are you kidding me? Grape nuts were really great because they were like crunchy and then eventually they were soggy. And it was oh, like, and then it was a race to eat them while they were still crunchy. So then you had to be smart. I would have ripped my whole mouth open <laughs> as fast as possible. <laughs> I got to get to school with my 14 grams of sugar in a bag over here. Got to eat that sandpaper so that the sugar gets into my bloodstream faster. <laughs> Just open up my whole roof of my mouth. I think Raisin Bran Crunch is still my favorite now, though. Raisin Bran Crunch is good. I'll give you my top three when I was a kid. Real simple. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Golden Grams, and Captain Crunch, specifically <laughs> with the Crunch Berries in it. I'm not going for all the all berries. I'm not doing that. It's too much. I'm not going totally Captain Crunch, 100%, but I'll totally eat just Captain Crunch. No problem. I was a big fan of the Captain Crunch with the Crunch Berries. Also, uh, big shout out to everybody who was a kid that actually had prizes in their cereal boxes. Yes. Where, like, back in the day, I don't know who came up with this idea, where they just threw the toy into the cereal. (laughs) Yes. And so 
the first thing you did as a child is you shoved was your to molest the box. <laughs> just touch all the pieces. So hygienic. Just every little piece. Because you know the joke about that whole thing was is that you were supposed to eat your way to the prize. <laughs> Never. And then when you're casually pouring the cereal out surprise. as it gets close, oh, you got a surprise. You're the one who gets the prize. Not in my house. My house is like not when you have a whoever sibling. Whoever gets home first and can tear that box apart <laughs> to get to that bag. We are ripping that thing open. We're doing. We're, we're doing backyard surgery to get a kidney out of somebody. And that kidney is the prize that is promised. And that somebody is your cereal box. And that somebody... You just bite open the bag to get at it. It's just... What a nightmare. And then somebody was like, hey, what if we just like put the toy in its own little bag and then like put it next to the main bag of cereal? I wonder how many kids actually ended up how many, choking or something. How, yeah, yeah. And how many... How many years did we go with just everybody <laughs> diving headfirst into their bag of cereal to get the candy out of it? I miss it. I, what a nightmare. I mean, I imagine now I would never buy a box of cereal that had a toy in it because it would be a nightmare with the kids. Oh, my God. Yeah, it would be crazy. They, because the kids wouldn't. Edison would they literally. Wouldn't, they wouldn't respectfully kind of contain the mess. No. They would just dump the whole box out, get the toy, and the cereal's dead Edison would, like, rip open the bottom. He'd have it on the shelf. He'd rip open the bottom and then punch a hole in the bag and then just let the cereal pull, <laughs> pour out everywhere until he got the toy that would be the the game engineering a real solution god i i i still look back at that and like what were they thinking i wonder if that's why my generation of mom decants so many things like everybody decants their cereal into another container is it just some great throwback to well, because like once the box like our, this box that's sitting here is like already kind of getting to that point those mm -hmm. boxes they have like a nice clean rectangle shape to them right and if you don't like bow out the sides of it like it doesn't get all fat like it maintains that shape right once you start like just shoving your whole fist in there and your arm <laughs> it blows the whole thing out it's a nightmare ay yeah yeah i yeah I, I, those are giving me flashbacks wow you <laughs> you have some real feels about this i do <laughs> rob signs off 73 rob wait he didn't give us his th top three he did he said fruit loops captain Crunch, oh he and did Frosted that's right Flakes. they were so and boring that i forgot <laughs> i'm so sorry for my sorry, husband rob. I'm rob. i do like a, a, an old school cereal that's still good is apple jacks i think apple jacks oh i good. did like yeah. apple jacks yeah, do I'm they still make those jacks. Yeah, I'm assuming like all things, the, the recipe's probably not the same, and so they don't taste I, good. I literally don't even look in oh. the sugary cereal. You area. know what was a really good cereal? <gasps> was the French Toast Crunch. Oh, no, no, no. You know what was really good? The what? Was Rice Krispie Treats cereal. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was. We got that a couple of times. What a nightmare that was. Oh, so good, because I love Rice Krispie Treats. That's so bad. But That's I like so the bad. Rice Krispie Treats that are already prepackaged. <laughs> I, do. I almost prefer them to the homemade. Oh, oh no. Oh, I think, no. I think we've had this conversation before. That just disgusts me. And then I ended up making Rice Krispie Treats from scratch, and I was like, no, these are amazing. Yes. 
But then I was the one who had to make them. And in this case, Keebler elves are not. Oh, no, 100%. No, I'm with you. I'm it's, sorry. It's not Keebler elves. Snapple, crack, and pop. Snapple? Ma- Snapple? Snap? No, Snapple. The iced tea company? <laughs> Snap, crackle, and pop make the Rice Krispie treats for me. You know? It's, crackle and pop are like, dude, Snapple, we've been sitting here for three hours. We're tired <laughs> of your stupid facts, your little quips. We're so tired of it. You keep popping your cap, and there's a new stupid line. <laughs> okay, so... Once again, Rob signs off 73, Rob, KI5, GFL, dit dit. GFL is a good <laughs> suffix for a call sign. Thank you so much, Rob. You really inspired some debate here. <laughs> the next There's email. a lot of good cereals. Now I'm thinking of like honey, uh, sugar smacks. Remember sugar smacks with the frog? Oh, yeah. That was a insanely sugary cereal. Right. Cocoa Puffs. That's always a good solid one. Did oh, you do the yeah. Cocoa Pebbles or Fruity Pebbles thing? Yes, I have done Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles. My mom wouldn't. Do I'm that. telling you, my mom did not. Yeah, care. no, you, you got all like the trash cereal that my <laughs> mom wouldn't let any of us eat. And we thought we were that, slipping one by getting like a, a wild Captain Crunch to show up. <laughs> She's like, I can't have any of those those Crunch Berries. It's got to be regular <laughs> sandpaper Captain Crunch. But you did hear me that in the end, the things that I liked were like grape nuts and raisin bread crunch. <laughs> so old school story, going back to the uh, prize that was like, a, um, you know, the, the prizes you get in the box. Uh-huh. One of, you know what phone freaking is? What? Phone freaking. What is that? Okay. Once upon a time, payphones were much less secure than they are now because they don't exist now. Uh, but you used to be able to play audio tones into the headset of a payphone, and those audio tones would um, make the payphone think that it got paid, and you'd get free phone I calls. didn't know about this. The, the act of hacking a payphone was called phone freaking. The guy who kind of popularized, popularized a lot of it was... His uh, slogan was Captain Crunch. And the reason it was Captain Crunch is there was a whistle that came in a Captain Crunch box Uh that was at the right oscillation frequency (gasps) that when you played the whistle, it gave you like a dime or a nickel or something like that or a quarter. What? And so, yeah, you could could blow this whistle into into the phone and get a quarter or whatever out of it, free phone. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. The next email is titled Field Day Report from a First Timer. Oh, cool. And this is from Aaron. Leia and Josh, Josh asked for it. So here it goes. I've been licensed since 95. And this weekend was the first time I'd participated in Field Day. Summary, I was underwhelmed. Oh, man. To be fair, I've never been interested. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <sighs> to be fair, I've never been interested in contesting. First of all, I was operating from home with my G90 into a Comet 250B that is only like three feet off the ground. And I only ran FT8 since I've only ever been able to make one SSB contact from my location. I had 20 total contacts, but only 18 I could use as I had three contacts with one ham on 40 meters. 
I have terrain difficulties <laughs> as I'm in a bowl within a bowl where I'm living. Hmm. I also That's a know hat on a hat, but upside I, down. <laughs> is it like underpants over underpants? Because <laughs> it. Keep the jokes to me. I'll, I'll, I'll do the jokes socks today. Thank you. On so- shoes on shoes. <laughs> shoes on shoes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know I need to get my antenna higher above the ground. Keep the quips, jokes, and funny coming. Don't forget the occasional ham-related content. Love the podcast. That's really up to you guys in the emails. Yeah. <laughs> That's not me. I'll, I'll talk ham radio. I'll talk about anything. What? Well, actually, I think it has a lot to do with me, but that's fine. <laughs> 73, Aaron, K-E-6-U-W-J. Aaron, I, I don't take anything away from your, your individualism getting out there and, and making stuff happen. I think that's awesome. I, I would encourage you, if you can, if it works, is... Um, Invis. Go to an, a, an ARRL, something that shows up on the website. Go there and, and do some field day with like a club or something. I, I but think that doesn't a, solve his bowl in a bowl problem. No, I know, I know. Envis. En, Envis does, but the problem with Envis is then he's only really going to be working people that are within 400 miles of him, which there could be a lot. I don't know. Um, but also that they might be more focused for long distance comms than working Envis too. So that could be difficult. Hmm. Again, nothing against what you did. I think that's awesome. 20 contacts is more than I did this year. True story. So, you know, hey, no problem. Um, You still did better than me. But maybe in the future, try and find a club, go experience field day with them. I think think that, I, I really think that for the people that aren't into contesting, if you show up when all the setup is done, you don't get all of it. I think a lot of what fun is a field day is setting up the, the the your installation where you're operating from. The antennas going through the whole process. That really for me is the the fun of field day. It's it's getting the antennas on the air, setting up your operating environment, making it all work, seeing it work. And then the making the contacts is just kind of like the the, the laying on the, the lounger in the pool, just relaxing at that point for me. That's mm. that's kind of how I feel about it. Okay. Yeah. Aaron signs off also, P.S., all hail Nathan. <laughs> oh. He, uh, he, he DM'd me on Instagram today. Oh, really? Yeah, because I took a picture of this podcast thing. So he's like, that, yes, all right, <laughs> invest in the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for your email, Aaron. The next email is titled Field Day Rookie, and this is from Ron. Awesomest podcast hosts. Greetings and salutations from your Huntsville, Alabama email correspondent. Firstly, thank you for reading my last email about my contact with India on 20 Watts and a Wire. That's awesome. I'm so proud of that. Yeah, you should be. Good work. Secondly, you asked for reports from first timers about Field Day. I'm a member of the Huntsville Amateur Radio Club, mm-hmm. hark.net. Our club call is K4BFT. I'll put the uh, club website in the show notes. Cool. Referred to by many as the big fat turkey. <laughs> Why? Because Ham's always got to come up with some kind of acronym for people's call signs. Oh, Somebody told me right. it was like NAZ, Northern Arizona. Am I right? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I guess. It's a dry heat. Yeah. 
I was blown away by the fact. Or they're just like, is that because you're a Nazi? Oh, I'm like, what? No. No. The FCC gave me this. Yeah, exactly. I guess the FCC's a Nazi. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was blown away by our field day coordinator, Laura Morgan, K4CNY. Good work, Laura. Speaking of acronyms, CNY stands for Chinese New Year. Pulled it all together. <laughs> Did he write that? No, I didn't. Oh. Like, man. He's in the joke that we're, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting weird again, like the last podcast. As a club, we were able to make over 5,000 contacts. Dude. In 24 hours off Maine's power for AAL. I'm so happy that I got to play a part. Being new, I had no idea what to expect. All I can say is I'll be doing this the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> Fun friends and radios. Erecting towers is now a new skill I have. I also have a new appreciation for air conditioning. <laughs> uh, that's the other thing that happens on field day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for what you two are doing. Loyal 1X listener, Ron Ritz Henson, KO4LYX. Hashtag 1X crew. Thanks. <laughs> 1X crew. Thank you so much, Ron. That's, I'm, that's 5,000 contacts. Really well done, team. Love to see it. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. The next email is titled Pearson Peanut Rolls. Prepared Gone Wrong and a double RL insurance. Okay. Oh, this is this is some hmm. this is a little bit of deep cut podcast stuff going yeah. on right now. This is from Lonnie. Hi, masters of the podcast. I have to say, Pearson peanut rolls are awesome for your pack for a little pick-me-up when you're in the woods or after a long day shopping at Sportsman's Warehouse. Or if you would like to conscript an army of squirrels to do your bidding <laughs> in the field. That's how you get your wires up in I'm, the tree. I'm already, I'm already working this out in my head. Yes. This is a thing. It's <laughs> See, I told you it wasn't going to be as hard as you thought. Yeah. If they could train a woodpecker mm -hmm. to do their bidding as a drummer in a band, like in Woody are, Woodpecker. Are you talking about... Oh my God. <laughs> you can train a squirrel. Of that, I am he, sure. They didn't train Woody the Woodpecker. Yes, they did. They he bribed him with, with candy. But he they bribed him with candy for cooperation. What? Yes. They gave him candy? Yes. So I he's just... got like a Scooby snack uh, maneuver now? What? Are you yeah. talking about the movie? Yes, the movie. The live action the Woody live the Woodpecker action movie? The Woody the Woodpecker that is movie. A bad movie. It is terrible. It is so <laughs> bad. But think of the movie you could make with Pearson peanut rolls, squirrels, and ham radio antennas. You know? Uh, I'm just what's kidding. What's the movie squirrels with the guy like, who likely. is the master of the rats? I don't know. It's the guy. It's um. Is it the Jim Henson one? No, nah, it's the actor from... Uh, Anyways. Back to the Future. Glover. Lonnie also says that circus peanuts... Keep going. Circus peanuts are the bomb. Well... Wow, Lonnie. I'm not going to yuck your yum. I'm not. Respect. L like what you like. I, I literally typed in rat movie Crispin Glover. Willard. <laughs> I said Wilson. I was close. Willard. 
I don't remember that at all. Maybe you should watch it and learn some tips to get rodents to get your lines up in trees. I remember when I played Magic the Gathering, I had Mm -hmm. an angry squirrel deck. It was literally just on how many (laughs) angry squirrels I could put on the, the field as far as tokens. And they do like chip damage. They're all like one damage, one, one squirrels. And yeah. this was effective for your gameplay? There was a whole lot of squirrels. Let me just <laughs> tell you that much. Lonnie says, so I had a go bag I had made that I kept in my truck. It has come in handy when camping or vacation trips to hot places like Arches to load up water in. I also have my Anytone 578 and a CB radio mounted in my truck for emergencies and some radio fun. Well, that all ended last weekend when someone broke oh, into my no. truck and stole my go bag and my seven, my 578. They left the CB, so I guess thieves aren't CB fans either. <laughs> they took my ham radios and they left me an extra CB. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's horrible, man. That's terrible. God, I hope there's no firearms in there. I learned a few lessons here. Don't leave your go bag in the vehicle and get ARRL insurance for your radios. The good thing was they didn't cause damage to my vehicle when removing the radio. They unplugged it by the connectors and unscrewed the bracket from the console. Hmm. What? You got robbed by a ham? <laughs> it's one of those GMRS operators. I think, I'm just kidding, GMRS operators. No offense. You have a GMRS license. <laughs> I, don't know why I did it. <laughs> so, how do people ship you beer? I wouldn't mind shipping you one to try, but I don't want it blowing up in the box. Lonnie, we're not going to tell you. It's kind of that, a secret. That. Oh. Yeah, we're not going to tell you to wrap the beer up in bubble wrap and put in a container or two of macaroni and cheese. Do not do that. And like, make sure you don't make sh- like have padding all around so that there's no shifting. And it, yeah. It, it just, just wrap everything in bubble wrap. Yeah. Don't, don't do any of that. So it, because the, the macaroni you, and cheese you're is, not supposed to ship beer. Okay? The, the macaroni and cheese is really only important if you're like using USPS. Because you have to declare your fluids, obfuscate what's yeah. in the box. <laughs> um, I think you can use FedEx and UPS, but I have legit. USPS is the cheapest way to ship in a lot of cases. I, I have though. legit. This is legit what I did. Mm. Yingling. Remember the Yingling box? You're the one that received it. You did not ship that. Yes, I did. You did not ship beer. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, this crazy dream that I had. In this crazy dream that I had, uh, I took a flat rate shipping box, no padding. I just shoved all the beer in it until none of the beers moved anymore. And then I just taped it and shipped it in my dream. Yes. And then in your dream, I was there. Yes. In my dream, you yeah. were there and yeah. you received this box. Right. And what did Dream Me tell you? (laughs) That all the cans made it safely and there was no problem. Amazing. So (laughs) that's... uh, I'm not saying doing that, though. 
Lonnie, we're not telling you to do any of this. If I, would have, if I had a future dream <laughs> about the if same I thing. I would dream this again. If I dream-sept myself, um, I would have wrapped Lucid dream. In, 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 my, in another, I would put at least a layer of the small bubble wrap. Well, you dream and you learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lonnie signs off 73-W-0-A-L-W-A-L. Oh. Thank you so much. Quite a Lonnie, different call sign like that. For <laughs> W0WAL. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much for your email. I am so sorry about your radios. And thankfully you had a double RL insurance. No, he said he's going to get double uh, a double RL insurance. Oh, is that what that said? No. I read it as he's going to get. Oh, yeah, that's lessons learned. You're right. So sorry. I'm li- I'm an active listener. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the next email is titled Field Day 2021. Leia and Josh. You can change names or call signs to save anonymity if you want. I'll okay. leave out the call signs. Okay. I thought since you brought it up, Owen... On the podcast, I would let you know how Enid Amateur Radio Club W5HTK did field day. We set up a location in Crossland Park, North Enid. The bad part was the weather threatened all day to wash out the event. Our VE cores tested a 10-year-old for technician and he got it. Congrats, 10-year-old. That's awesome. We then talked a bit trying to be more social. I told the story of the guys whose job it was to get Owen K. Garriott's mom to a radio station to talk to him in space on the radio. Oh, that's cool. Historical. Yeah. Yeah. Four guys set up stations. During antenna setup, I was listening to my FT60 on the ISS download frequency and the squelch broke. We listened to it for about two minutes until the signals dropped off. I have video of it, but I was not prepared to talk. One of the members pointed out that they had an arrow antenna, but it wasn't there. Hmm. Mark set out a portable two meter, 70 centimeter rig in a box for our Gota station with magnetic mount antenna. Orloff set up a dipole antenna on a flagpole and a Yesu 857 plus tuner where I played on 40 meter, uh, meters and got my first three ever HF QSOs. Epic. Well done. Ed set up a chameleon antenna in an inverted V with a fiberglass mast. He made contacts with about five folks, including Puerto Rico, on different bands except 40 meters using an ICOM IC7300. Crazy cool. Last but not least, Jim set up a homebrew center-fed dipole on fiberglass tree trimmer poles. Using his ICOM 7300, he made quite a few contacts before 1500 rain shower that drove us back to the club meeting place. I made burgers and dogs cooked by me. Nothing like solidifying a club position by cooking trial by fire. This was a great day for radio history and friends. That's awesome. James KI5OEB. Awesome field day that. report. Yeah, that's Thank awesome. You that for sounds sharing. like you hit kind of all the boxes. That's pretty cool. 
All right. The next email is titled Enough With Your Candies. (laughs) This is from Nathan. To Ben and Edison's parents, how was the wedding? Were you able to squeeze in some field day before 2100 UTC on Sunday? I did, but I think you were just talking to Ben and Edison. No, to Ben and Edison's parents. That's us. Yeah, that's you and me. I did. Yeah. Yeah. All my digital contacts were on Sunday. Yeah, the wedding was a great time. The kids had a blast. Oh, right. And everybody loved the kids, too. Everybody's raving about the kids. <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen these people in over a year, which I is know. crazy. I was thinking about that when I was editing the video. I'm like, I know all, well, almost all those people for over 10 years now. And then everybody just disappeared for over a year. I it's know. Like crazy. Yeah. But I mean, we all picked up back like. We, well, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I do love my family. So it was a very good time. Nathan continues on to the more important topic now. Have we gotten the York peppermint patties debate? I think we need to change the subject. How about cereal? Okay, you know what? what? Nathan and on? Rob, you guys are definitely emailing behind the yeah. scenes. They are covertly producing on their own. They're trying to drive what do we discussions. Want? What do we want this show topic to be this week? You're too thirsty about cereal now. <laughs> Let me list my favorites. First, Reese's Puffs are probably my favorite. Those are good. I don't think I've had those. It's like those those penguin puffs or whatever, peanut butter puffs. Very similar to those. But I thought Reese's Puffs were also chocolatey. Yeah, they are. I mean, so, uh, no, I guess you're right. There's okay. like two puffs in the, okay. the Reese's. There's like right. a chocolate puff and a, and a peanut butter puff. Second, good old Honey Nut Cheerios. You know what? I, mm, I do yeah. like Honey Nut Cheerios. I can have a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. I put them in Greek yogurt just a little bit and a little bit of crunch if I don't have granola, which we never have granola. I buy Honey, I Nut, Cheerios Honey Nut Cheerios because I know the kids will eat it yeah. and it's not terrible. You it know? is not terrible. It's, that should be their slogan. It's I mean, there's whole grains in it and it's not that sugary. Oh, you got whole grains in here? Yeah, and I bought a limited edition one that we actually limited have on edition. the Limited edition. We're going to save the box forever. It's going to be worth something one day. It has heart shapes. Oh, oh, the the, the, yeah. the Cheerios? Do? Yeah, look. They're Cheerios and heart here. shapes. And I tell Edison I got it for him because I love him. I made them I made them heart-shaped because I love him. We think it's like a dumb commodity, but some dude's like, this machine to extrude this heart cost a million dollars. <laughs> or they could just be the O rejects. They're like, just kick the, <laughs> kick the misshapen ones over there. We'll if, tell we, everybody if we crank this thing up 20% faster, it actually produces hearts. It's yeah. a happy accident. <laughs> we thought we messed up this entire week's run, but we've We've decided. known how to do this for like 15 years. <laughs> now you guys want to make them hearts? We've been able to do that forever. <laughs> I, I bet you oddly enough that's probably some weird extrusion thing that makes them um no yeah. it's probably a dye yeah a dye it's a dye that gets cut yeah i don't know man i don't okay. know about this i don't know Nathan, my engineering brain's trying to unravel it I, let's just move on you're being stumped by some heart shape i'm not stumped i just <laughs> i don't want to talk now that nathan i i know they're coordinating this behind the scenes i'm getting a little <laughs> getting a little frustrated <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We love cereal. Uh, We do. I have a bowl of cereal every six months. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I just sit Third. there and go like, remember how I just used to eat this like in front of the television? That's our kids. And now. I would eat like three bowls until the milk got thick. <laughs> I did not do that. Oh, heck yeah. So Sometimes third. cereal. Oh. Yeah. I don't know yeah. about that. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy time. Nathan's third favorite is Captain Crunch Berries. Fourth. Have you ever had French Toast Crunch? Yes. <laughs> it's fantastic. They look like little slices of bread. They were discontinued for a long time, but they brought it back a couple of Because it killed a guy. Ago. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I had fond memories of having that as a child, but I was perplexed for a long time why I couldn't find it. Least favorite cereal? Ham cereal. No, thank you. <laughs> that is my connection to ham radio. This is my early in the week email in case you don't record on Thursday. <laughs> Otherwise, expect the final email to be me as usual. See, this is why you can stop mentioning K-1. your report on multiple days. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I got to get, I got to get a, a pre-email <laughs> K1MAZ, Nathan, ham radio crunch course correspondent <laughs> in Vermont. <laughs> oh, well done, Nathan. Well oh, done. Man. Okay. All right. The next email is titled, Emergency, yes. Pass the Peppermint Patties. Oh. <laughs> this comes saying. to us from Ron, Josh, and or Leah. I know you guys are always into emergency preparedness, but I was really surprised that you didn't know the preparedness aspect of the peppermint patties. Oh, no. That is in a quote-unquote grid-down situation. If you need an emergency battery, you can press a mini peppermint patty between a penny and a nickel and get a 0.651 volt cell, Mm -hmm. YMMV. Okay. Connect enough of these cells together and you can get enough power for a short emergency contact. What what does YMMV mean, Leah? Uh, Your mileage may vary. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to assume that there's some big voltage shifts in there. Bonus. Bonus. Afterwards, you can lick off the sweet, gooey goodness and go buy another package of the precious patties. It'll taste like all metallic-y. That's gross. So keep those a few packages of peppermint patties in your go kit. Ron W4ORH. And a piece of actual copper and actual nickel. You know, I think that this warrants... An experiment. Experiment. <laughs> I prefer wintergreen. <laughs> it's peppermint for the love of God. It's, nobody's going to know the reference to that movie. Thank you, Ron, for what promises to be a uh, shockingly surprising <laughs> experience. Whoa. <laughs> what, what's their tagline? Something... Feel, taste feel the sensation. sensation. Taste the sensation. Shocking sensation. Yes. Mm. <laughs> the next email is titled Merch Musings, and this is from Bunny. Hi, Leah and Josh. Thank you for continuing your podcast journey, as it has been a wonderful source of entertainment and education. Yours is by far my favorite ham-adjacent lifestyle podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. I have a great many things to share with you guys, but I will try to keep each email to a single subject to the best of my ability. 
First and foremost, I want to jump on the koozie support bandwagon. We've heard one of my favorite things about the koozie is that it's practically a built in drink coaster, saving many tables and other at risk services. Oh, see, there you go. Now there's the the bottom. That's the bottom. Right. We were looking at a koozie. No bottom. That had no bottom. So it sounds like we need a bottom. Because the koozie that didn't have the bottom would be uh, customizable in um in oh. width mm. because it's velcro mm. you know but I maybe it know. needs to be a bottom one the koozies are coming koozies are in work yes operation <laughs> koozie is a go the second is my helvetica shirt idea I've missed a few episodes earlier this year that I'm still trying to catch up on, so apologies if anyone has already submitted an idea that was substantially similar. I've racked my brain for the perfect combination of things that would perfectly describe the universe of HRCC, and here's what I've devised. Antennas and chili and touch lamps and cat cups and HRCC. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That is funny. As an attorney who practices intellectual property law, I was careful to avoid any potential trademark issues. I see that. That was very good. Well thought out with the words. My hope is that this list of things will be adequately odd enough that might prompt someone to inquire about it and spark a hopefully fruitful discussion about the hobby. Otherwise, it might help fellow HRCC followers identify each other out in the wild to forge new friendships. Oh my God, could you imagine? That is literally one of the reasons I was so excited to make shirts for you in the first place. That's right. Yep. So that you could, you wouldn't have to necessarily caw caw. And that's, I think we've talked about, we've talked about this before. No, baby wearing mom. Yeah. I know. Caw caw. I I know. Yeah. We don't have a a call. Well, I mean, you do have a call. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. I think the shirt's a great idea. Uh, so Bunny continues, All, I would also like to ask that if this shirt idea does not come to fruition in the future, in the HR, future HRCC store, do you mind if I make a one-off print that is just for myself to wear? You know what, Bunny? I'm going to make the shirt. And I, I'll, have to, I'll have to search because actually I do think somebody suggested something similar. Let me look through and I will let you know um, when, when the shirt will be made and also... If somebody else had already suggested it before you, <laughs> if they haven't, you'll get one for free. There you go. Thanks for all the fun times and looking forward to many more hours of your podcast goodness. Stay sexy, hail yourselves, and don't drink the cat cups. Ah. <laughs> Bunny. P.S. I see what you did there. Don't forget about actress and model Devin Aoki, also the offspring of the founder of Benny Hanna. <laughs> Devin's career peak was in the early 2000s with her roles in the film classics Sin City and too fast, too furious. What? Wow, Josh, you this is fast and furious I knowledge love you City didn't too. even have. <laughs> That's awesome. What's particularly funny? Oh, she's the she's the girl that drives the S two thousand. I know, of course, who she is in well, Too Fast Too go. Furious. Holy smokes! Also, offspring of the founder of Benihana. Wow, there you go. Learn something new every day. Thank you so much for your email, Bunny. The next email is titled First Field Day Report K7IBU. Mm. 
And this is from Stryker. Hello, NASA's. I just attended my first field day since being licensed nine years ago. Mm-hmm. I've oh. wanted to attend a field day for the past several years, but something has always gotten in the way. Even this year almost didn't happen because my XYL was showing dairy goats in another town an hour away. Thankfully, grandma was able to come to the rescue and watch the kids and I was free to play radio. Wow. Stryker, how does one acquire a dairy goat? A show goat, not just a dairy goat. Showing. Showing a dairy goat, like as in to sell them, I'm guessing. If I hear the word show, that's my my upbringing in the dog show circuit, that they're talking about a show goat. A show dairy goat? Like they have a goat show. I'm, I'm, I'm just this guessing. This is amazing. When, when I, my grandma would say, we're showing the dogs. That's going to a dog show to show the dogs. So showing is as, as a verb. Asking for a friend, how does one acquire a show, show goat. dairy goat? I, you know what? Email me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Maybe we can arrange something. I'd like it to start out very small, like a baby goat. <laughs> and, you know, raise it too. And then I'll just tell everybody it's a dog, you know? <laughs> what? Yeah, get around those pesky city laws <laughs> living in the suburbs. Then we could not have to mow our own grass. I was just thinking we can significantly cut back on our landscaping fees. Yes. <laughs> I spent Saturday a field day with a local club and got to meet several people that I've talked with on the club repeater system. I showed up early enough to help raise a 40-meter vertical before the event started and get a feel for how this group did things. As 11 a.m. PST rolled around, the QSOs were starting to fill the bands. Disaster struck with the logging software and network. Mm. I work in IT, so I dug in and tried to troubleshoot a home-built logger for Linux and a network I'd never seen before. About two hours later, I hit a theory that worked and got the network drops running to the two trailers the club was operating out of stable enough to keep the logging computers connected to the server in the main shack. Amazing! Homebrew logger on Linux. That's, (laughs) as somebody who has done IT before he became a full-time engineer, a network you don't know software you don't know, homebrewed software you don't know, and running on Linux. That's like walking into a battle zone. <laughs> this that is, is intense. This is like the story that OMs around the country should hear if they start complaining about new hams coming to their club or they're not friendly enough right. to newcomers. Yep. He saved their field day. Yep. Well, may made it convenient again because they were probably paper logging or logging personally on each computers and then they'd have to combine all the logs later. But still. But still. Yes. After that, I jumped on 20 meters for the first time with the Flex 6600 and a maestro that belonged to a club member and proceeded to have a blast. Uh, That's a ball in radio. (laughs) I imagine you were having a blast. Using the Flex was a great experience, but it will be a long time, a long while before I have a rig like that. It's kind of like taking a... a somebody who just got their license and here you go kid take the ferrari around the block (laughs) it's a little bit like that you can't crash the flex though 
Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what antenna they were running. I don't know if it needed a tuner. Okay. And if you're just slamming it with SW with high SWR, I mean, the the radio would fold back and protect itself. But regardless, yeah. I got on HF and made some cues, learned a lot, and met some great hams. I'm calling this field day a win. Yeah. And now hope to get my general before winter field day. Well, congrats. That's awesome. Thanks for that field day report. Like the goals, too. I like that you went out, you experienced HF. From that experience, you now have the incentive to go get your general. That's I, I think that's kind of how field day should be for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a technician, you should go experience field day with a club. Because you're just watching everybody who has the HF access and while you're being No, you're not throttled. watching. You can operate. You just operate with their call sign. Right. But you're like, if you're operating on your own, you're seeing how throttled you are. You just didn't know until No, because you. if you're a technician and you show right. up, you've never experienced HF before. Right. And right. you're literally hanging out with people with balling out of control machines mm -hmm. and awesome antenna setups and they're making a ton of contacts and you're showing like, the best that hf could be it's literally putting the best foot forward right mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. striker signs off 73 k7 ibu striker signs off awesome. i put the adamantium in wolverine <laughs> okay <laughs> The next email is titled Food Preservation Part 2 with a question. And this is from Nate. Mm -hmm. Nate is our friend with the Half Acre Homestead mm. that provided the information on how they actually do remove the feathers yes. from chicken. With the uh, crazy looking, it looks like a washing machine tub. Yeah. With, with I guess, rubbery things. M magic on the rubber fingers. Yes. <laughs> If you haven't seen it, it's in the uh, HRCC podcast channel in the Discord. It's actually a video, which is interesting to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Nate says, good evening, Josh and Leia. Hope you guys had fun at the wedding over the weekend. Got another piece of food preservation tip I forgot. And Nate has provided so much great information about uh, emergency food prep. Yes. Yes, yeah, just a wealth of knowledge. Our laying hens quit once late fall slash winter begins. It's usual for us only to get one or two eggs a week with seven layers. To offset that, we were told by another homesteader to crack a couple of eggs, scramble them up, dump them in a breast milk storage bag and freeze them. Right now, we're getting six to seven eggs a day from our hens. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good idea. Save it. Save it for later. So that when the hens lay less, you're still in the eggs. This is the strangest popsicle recipe I've ever had. <laughs> now, on to some replies Josh asked. We live on a half acre in a rural town with 2,100 residents. Timeline to process a chicken is about 15 minutes start That's to finish. pretty fast. For the wife. And we do a dozen at a time. That's pretty sweet. It helps having a 55-gallon drum turned into an automatic chicken plucker. I imagine that's where the time savings is. <laughs> to process a rabbit start to finish takes about 10 minutes. Wow. Not that long at all for either of them. The hog we process 
took two days to get it ready for the freezer. Deer takes about four hours for me. I do have a nine to five daily job that pays the bills and it's about a hundred mile round trip daily commute. You got to go where the money is. Wow. I don't. Bruh. How are you finding the time to run your homestead on top of the job and the commute? Well, he didn't say how he's taking the, the pig or the deer. I imagine he's just hitting them with his car. He's talking about processing them. Yeah, he just throws them in the back. (laughs) Takes them home after work. Well, I mean, he's got to hit them on the way home. Yeah, ideally. Ideally. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure. I'm sure Nate is a fantastic huntsman. (laughs) Huntsman. (laughs) Now, on to how we make money on the homestead. Well, to be honest, we don't yet. We also don't advertise thanks to the laws in Illinois. We can process on our property thanks to a personal consumption law. Now, with that being said, we do barter with friends. We have sold a few jars of homemade black walnut and maple syrup blend we made Mm. this past spring that took 27 hours to boil down 20 gallons of sap to get three-fourths a gallon of syrup. Man, I, I am never complaining about syrup prices ever again. Maple yeah. syrup prices. That's, that is a lot of shrinkage. <laughs> Just. We also sell a few 50-pound bags of rabbit manure that will cover some of the rabbit feed. Oh, I bet rabbit manure is fantastic. Josh, you also asked for a field day report from us new guys. I worked a total of 31 QSOs on 40, 20, 15, and 10 from Utah to Texas to Virgin Islands to Long Island to Canada, all SSB. Cool. Wow. Nicely done. I spent more time working weak signals and learning on my own how to pull them out of the noise with the FT891. Okay. Now a question for Josh. Hmm. Chameleon MCOM Base 3 NFED. The box currently sits on the roof of my garage up into our 95 black walnut. The peak of the NFED is 25 to 30 feet off the ground. Okay. Slopes back down to 10 feet off the ground, then heads east along my back fence to another pole. For some reason, my LDG at 100 pro two auto tuner Mm -hmm. won't tune up 20 meters but will tune up the rest of the bands i do have it grounded to a ground rod noise floor on the 20 meter is an s1 to s2 would a counterpoise help and can that be attached and run overhead or laid down on the roof of the garage swr goes from 1.7 to 1 to 2.2 to 1 Per the meter on the 891. It will try to retune if I don't have it in bypass mode. Okay. So he said a couple of things there that jump out to me. Uh, That is a pretty low SWR on 20 meters, it sounds like. It's possible that the tuner's not tuning because it doesn't need to. It's possible that... So generally, tuners have like a threshold. Usually, it's two to one. If the tuner sees uh, an, an impedance of two to one, an SWR of two to one, uh, it will enable the automatic tuning and find a match. Okay. If you are below that, there's nothing wrong. It's not tuning because it doesn't need to. Okay. It's bypassed. 
Um, and he said when he's running it out of bypass mode. So if it's in bypass mode, that's a good thing. That means your antenna's resonant on that frequency and you don't have to do anything. In fact, you're, that's probably your best band on that antenna. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Nate included a photo of the run. The orange line is a configuration. Uh, he's also including a screen grab of a few of the SSB contacts on the Hammers map. He is 60 miles west of Chicago. And I will show you Ooh. the picture. There's the Virgin Islands. Very of cool. The run. Yeah. There's in his... case it. I mean, I get what you're saying. Maybe I have your, maybe I'm misunderstanding. That's perfect. Thank you for the overhead, by the way. Overhead images always help. Maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, but if it's not tuning, um, it's, and your, and your radio is saying the SWR is great, then nothing to worry about. Make contacts. Have fun. Yeah. He says it will try to retune if he doesn't have it in bypass mode. Right. Yeah. Oh, wait. It will retune if he doesn't have it in bypass mode. I'm kind of confused because bypass mode means you've, you've basically turned the tuner off. So maybe I'm not understanding what the problem is. I, I guess I need to know at the radio. I, I would just take the, the tuner out of the, out of the picture for a second connect it to the, the NFED on 20 meters and do an SWR test with something like AM or with a constant, something with a constant carrier and see what the SWR actually is. If it's below two to one, go nuts. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for all of that information about your homestead and hopefully Josh answered your question, Nate. Yeah, I hope so. The next email is titled WinLink. And this is from Chris. Hey, Josh and Leah, really enjoying the podcast, especially the preparedness ideas. Oh, hey, that's great. We love that. I emailed months ago about communication preparedness while traveling, and Josh suggested WinLink as a solution. As I've continued to learn more about using WinLink, I came across a YouTube video discussing WinLink where someone was unable to connect using UHF VHF from Puerto Rico after the disastrous hurricane a few years ago. Obviously, the damage was so widespread that line of sight radio was useless. HF would have been required over such long distances. Mm-hmm. In preparation for possible widespread grid-down scenarios while traveling, I've decided to start carrying a QRP radio while traveling. I'm trying to decide between the KX2 or ICOM 705. The idea is to save space while being able to communicate via Windlink over long range. Is there any appreciable, yes, I like that word too, <laughs> difference in establishing a Windlink connection over distance between the 12 watt capability of the KX2 versus the 5 watt ICOM 705. Also, any suggestions or recommendations you may have for a very packable light antenna solution would be appreciated. Maybe a roll up J pole or N fed wire. I also currently carry an AnyTone 878 with me on the road at all times. Okay. Okay, so the KX2, fantastic radio, uh, very good receiver. It does put out, I'd call it 10 watts, but if you want to say 12, I, I won't be upset about it. That's fine. The downside of the KX2 is it doesn't have that screen that the 705 does, which really doesn't matter if you're cat controlling it and you're doing wind link. The only downside is that you will likely need to 
uh, have multiple cables to connect the KX2 to your computer. You will need an audio interface cable for microphone and speaker, and you will also need a CAT control USB cable, which if you bought the shack in the box for the KX2 from Elecraft, you will have that cable. It will, it will be included. On the 705, you technically don't need any cables if you use the RSBA1 software that ICOM sells. Um, at the very most, though, you would need a micro USB cable. I would suggest getting the best quality one you can with shielding, and that seems to be the best situation. Now, on the KX2, the thing to keep in mind is that you cannot charge the internal battery. That is my major gripe with that radio. I thought it wouldn't be a bigger thing. It is a big thing to me. The more times I, I used it, I realized I, I wasn't taking it out. I wasn't using it because I just didn't want to mess with that battery. So you're still likely going to have to run uh, an external battery for convenience, possibly, on the KX2. In fact, I have an extra stock battery. I bought an extra one, and I try and keep that extra stock battery charged all the time. And then I can just plug it into the power port and it will bypass the internal battery and go straight into the uh, external battery that I've connected, which is nice. That's a nice feature. If you are dealing with that reality and you're unwilling to continuously having to open and close the internal battery case all the time, and by the way, you're literally opening up the back of the radio. Like you see radio guts when you open it up, which is kind of disconcerting in some cases. And I feel like I'm eventually gonna snap the speaker wire on that thing. So if you're using an external battery, then all of a sudden the 705 is like, well, I can play the 10 watt game too then. Because if you use an external battery with the 705, you get 10 watts output. So um, for me, the, the wattage output ceases to be a big delineator because of the realities of, of the two radios um, when, when you're running uh, like that with an external battery. Which you, you probably would if you wanted a good off-grid solution. You would run like... I don't know, like a, a small solar panel, maybe to a BioNO or something like that, or maybe get yourself one of those uh, Powerfilm Solar's Lightsaver, Lightsaver Max, which has an internal battery, and you just have a 12-volt lead into the 705 uh, or the KX2, and you can just power the whole thing that way, which is really nice off-the-grid solution. Not cheap, uh, not a cheap solution, but possibly one of the best solutions for those two radios. So there's just a ton of thoughts um, off the top of my head when, when thinking about those two radios. I, I could go on and on personally on, on those, <laughs> particularly the 705, because the, the features that the 705 has, GPS, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, all those things make your life so easy, so much easier, particularly when you're running portable, which is just awesome. All right. Well, Chris signs off. Thanks, guys. Chris, K-O-4-N-M-R. Thanks so much for writing in. I hope that Josh's uh, answer was appreciably sufficient. Appreciably sufficient. <laughs> yes. The next email is titled Merch Ideas and Others. And this is from Gabriel. Hello, Leia, the freshest of them all. And Josh, oh. the joshest of them all. <laughs> I've been working on this email for a few weeks now, so I wanted to start off with an apology if it doesn't flow super well and is very long, and a congratulations on exceeding the four-hour mark in episode 97. Oh, we did it. <laughs> Yay. 
First, I'll start with the inspiration of this email. Crime, deceit, and disregard for accepted regulations, sometimes piracy. What? My merch idea is the fang beard, a design of a pirate or skull wearing a pirate hat that has two crossed bow fangs underneath, like the bones in the classic Jolly Roger. Mm -hmm. The text above could be fang beard, and the text below might be HRCC established whenever you started, I forget, or <laughs> CTCSS, tell no lies, or something similar. That's funny, too. You guys are better at making up phrases like that than I am. So I'm excited to hear what you think. I think it looked especially good on drinking glasses or a hat, but I imagine it would go well on anything. That is a hilarious idea. Yeah. You, Josh's wheels are turning. Yeah, they're turning see, right now. I can see it in you're, his face. You're, you, you got the fang beard. I'm down with that. I like the concept of it maybe being like a skull with like a beard and like a pirate hat on top and then mm -hmm. like the crossed bow fangs. I want to tie in something about spurious emissions as a tagline. Something spurious. It, it needs to use the word spurious. I think that's kind of a piratey lingo type of word. Okay. You know, it fits, right? All right. Hmm. Like like a hoy spurious. <laughs> Two exclamation points yes. on like a scroll, like a yes. scroll. Spurious. <laughs> Looks like it's been aged with tea bags. <laughs> All right. Well, Josh is Josh is thinking on it, so I'm sure we'll talk about it after the spurious podcast. Spurious missions, ahoy! I have to think about it. Yeah. Gabriel continues, regarding other places where you would live and the weather in various places, I really like Texas. Maybe I'm a little partial since that's where I live, but I think it's pretty great. You get about six seasons here, closer to North Texas, six seasons. It's great. There's spring, which lasts for about two to two and a half months or so. Summer, which lasts about six months or so. Hell varies in length. Fall lasts about one week to one month, depending on when summer ends. Winter-ish lasts about two months. And winter happens once every three years or so. <laughs> you guys are just trying to bite on Iowa's steez. I, I was in Cedar Rapids, <laughs> Iowa, and they called themselves the land of the fifth season. What is the fifth season? I don't know. I walked around asking people, and I was like, that guy. <laughs> and nobody answered you? I don't know. They're like... They're like, that's how we weed out outsiders. Yeah, that's how we know. <laughs> a stupid people test listening to episode 97 you guys mentioned the queen mary so i figured i'd add a quick thought on that a great youtube channel to check out is the battleship new jersey and in one of his videos he mentions the unfortunate history of the queen mary and the russian submarine that is slash was also owned by the same companies that have passed around those two ships he mentioned them in regards to the funding attention, dedication, and maintenance that museum ships require, and the damage that the negligence that companies like those that own the Queen Mary and the sub cause. Yes. That is interesting. I mean, that would explain why the Queen Mary is currently sinking, I guess, mm -hmm. after, how old is it? The Queen Mary used to have a sister attraction in Long Beach, and it was the Spruce Goose. Oh, I thought you were saying... I, I was getting sidetracked with the Titanic because the Titanic also had a uh, sister ship. I think it was like the Olympian or Olympia or something. Um, yeah, the Spruce Goose, which and was, Howard Hughes hated the name, the Spruce Goose. He <laughs> hated that. 
Uh, it was the Hercules. No, it wasn't the Hercules. Oh, I have to look it up now. I'm, I'm losing my aerospace history. It used to be kept in this very large dome. Huge. Yes. Uh, it, it is hard to put into frame of reference how big that plane is. Right. It is huge. And so people would come to this dome to see the Spruce Goose. And now the Spruce Goose is no longer there, but the dome lives on as a carnival cruise terminal. Like it's the... <laughs> It's the Hercules. No, it is the Hercules. It's the Hughes H4 <laughs> Hercules, which threw me for a loop because sometimes the AC one, uh, sorry, the C130, um, not always the AC. The A is uh, the attack variant of the C130. That's also referred to as the Hercules occasionally. The AC130 is referred to as spooky sometimes. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it flies really high in the air and it has a lot of guns and it just blows the crap out of things oh, on the ground. I thought it made an ooh sound as it flew. Well, it it, it, it depends. There's been many variants <laughs> of it. The The first couple of variants of it just had like 20 millimeter Gatling guns, but they had like mm-hmm. three of them on the side of the plane. Yeah. On the side. So it would bank and take turn. It would take a turn, like a circle around the area that it's firing down on. Uh-huh. And it would just lay waste everything. It started in Vietnam. Oh, the, that plane kind of got its first goings on uh, in, in the Vietnam War. Interesting. It went so crazy to the point that they put a 120 meter howitzer tank cannon on the side of the plane. Wow. Which is insane. Insane. <laughs> Leia has no concept of what I'm saying right now. She's like, OK, wow. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to. Can I keep going? Let me keep going. Gabriel continues, regarding weight savings, I'd like to say that the RG58AU for portable operations, and that's about as low as I want to go unless it's a super super short run, especially for QRP. Also, the Voltaic V88 is a great battery for weight savings and power density if you don't mind being lipo. I like going backpacking and hiking, so I've pursued weight saving weight for a while now, though I often think I don't do a good job of it. Some of the cool gear I've accumulated over the years that I'd recommend include an REI quarter dome one person tent. The weight is two pounds, seven ounces, an REI flex light chair. uh, I'm sorry, flex light air chair. Mm -hmm. It's exactly one pound for a bucket style chair. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool platypus top opening hydration sleeves cheaper cheaper and easier to fill than the camelbacks that have the cap on the front yes some kind of monocular like a binocular but less than half the weight and size (laughs) like a binocular but half (laughs) so it's half the weight (laughs) see to summit arrows pillows regular size packs down to the size of your fist and weighs just 2.7 ounces and a Belka DX receiver, you oh, already know. Yes. A few episodes ago, you talked about various things regarding your younger hams. I also thought I'd comment on some of that as well. I'm in college still, for reference. When I hear someone uh, or something on a repeater or a frequency on HF that I'm not super interested in or knowledgeable about, I will more than likely not still listen. I'm just happy to play radio. I will, however, turn away... I'm sorry. He said, I will more likely than not still listen. So Yeah, I just will, leave the yeah. radio running. I, I talk very rarely um, mm. on, on radio. I will have to comment for a college student. You have a nice little gear collection. Nicely, nicely yeah. done. That's, a, that's, that's some really good gear. That's, that's definitely on the lightweight side. 
uh, you're, you're doing a good job. I will, however, turn away from political discussions regardless of orientation. Good for you. I don't need more drama in my life. Yeah. And at your age, figuring that out, who, buddy, you're ahead of the curve. <laughs> Congratulations. Though I feel like when Josh and I first met, we did bond over politics. We definitely did. And in fact, our first foray into podcasting was a political podcast. Not really political. Yeah, I guess. It was a, an opinion podcast. Right. I personally don't mind sifting through an old, plain HTML or minimal CSS website, software designed 15 plus years ago, miscellaneous YouTube videos, and a random forum post. I've never had trouble Googling stuff, and I love adding lots of bookmarks to my browser. Or maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. You know what, Gabe? It sounds like you might be an old soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or what guess, a term. What a term that is. When people, or oh, should we say like an eight, a 1900 soul <laughs> versus a 2000 soul? You're eclectic. <laughs> to more or less close out my lengthy email, I wanted to say thank you to Leia for saying ooh-woo. It was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to go back and get that to the soundboard. Maybe I'll just record the last one. <laughs> my plan all along has been for someone to say it on the air and laugh. You got me. <laughs> I've said it on the live streams. I don't know if it, you know, hits the same. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends what kind of hits you're looking for. <laughs> you don't have to talk about this on the podcast if you don't want to, uh, but I do. So I'm going to. <laughs> but thank you for talking about your family's struggle to escape communism and make their way to the U.S. It's a great reminder of the cost of freedom and the importance of continuing to fight for its preservation. So you didn't notice, you, you, you don't read all my comments. I absolutely saw that comment and you I did. almost, you know. You saw my reply though, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Josh had put up a. My field day right. video, which was half of it. Yeah, the beginning part of it was your cousin's wedding. Yes. Which features the tea ceremony. Yes. And just so everybody knows, that wedding is very similar to the wedding Josh and I had. Yeah. You know, the the altar, the pig, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And somebody commented, commie wedding. And I literally, when I saw it, I, I was debating either responding or deleting it. And then I realized you had responded. I responded. Immediately. It was I, like the first I, comment I saw and I responded immediately. I still want to pull it up and see if you replied. Yeah, but I still want to get in there and yell at this guy. Because I, why? I think it I think it it really deserves mentioning again because I don't know. Oh, oh wait, there might be a reply. I Okay. I so, honestly don't care. Okay. I don't care what this guy go ahead. I mean say it, but the there's literally nothing the guy could say at this point in my mind no that's true he's he's kind of a jerk he, he responded okay period 100 year birthday of communist china so was just curious what i figured that is not a just curious just comment curious. first of all i'm just curious man. and second just curious. there was another comment either i think on that video or one the one before it mm -hmm. where there was a joke about like, oh, I hope they don't serve dog at the wedding or something. And I deleted that immediately. Oh, I don't even think I saw that. Oh, because the moment I saw it, I deleted it. Good for it. you. I, I want to reiterate that the Asians that are in the United States, they got here because they were trying to get away from something. Or 
they've been here for generations, possibly more generations than than your own family in some cases. Right. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about um, all the way back to what actually the first Asian settlers in California were here before the union was formed. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They actually Filipinos in the 1500s. Yeah. I, I, I want to still reiterate that a lot of the Vietnamese people, a lot of Chinese people, these are all people that have fled communism. Gave they up have everything been, they had. They have been closer to communism than every American living in the United States, unless they're like, you know, in the military or whatnot. And they have realized it's bad and have done everything they can to Sacrificed get away from everything. It. Left to get their away wealth, left family in some cases, mm-hmm. only to pull them over later through sponsorships. And having to actually get financially stable enough to prove yes. that they... They wouldn't be a burden on the government. Right. And that's the only way you can adopt somebody over. You, you don't just like go to the welfare office and be like, hey, let me cash my check and get my cousin over here. Right? Exactly. The, the government requires you prove that you can support these people. Right. And you actually actually have to yes. sign yes. an affidavit saying that you are financially responsible for yes. the people you are bringing over now, here. Now, I'm, I'm not saying this to open a door for people to then respond and say, well, yes, but there are Vietnamese people or whatever people that are on welfare. That is true. There are people that are on welfare. I'm not going to question that. But I'm not going into the, the realm of like how long they've been here, how many generations, and how hard did people fight for them to get here, which is right. a whole separate thing. Just keep in mind, they worked hard to get here. Seriously. And they really don't like communism. <laughs> Just uh, case in point, if anyone's I, and you know curious. What? I'm, not, I'm not, you know, I'm not even going to sit here and speak for all Asians. No, don't. I, I yeah, cannot. No, no. Yeah, okay, that's true. That's right. True. Let's not I'm not, that. I'm not saying that there are not communist Asians. Sure. Obviously, there are countries of them. Okay. Yes, that are here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair point, but... I would give a I would make a generalization to say that most Asians you experience have a history of getting away from communism in the US. No, if not, I mean not, not, legacy, not all Asians families. that came here even experience communism, but if you're talking about Vietnamese and and southern Chinese. Okay. Aside from Japanese, I would argue that Chinese, Korean, Vietnamese, these no, are all people that No. Are, the, no, because like for for instance, um, Filipinos and Koreans, mm. there there are certain uh, like other causes for immigration, in part because they're in like high demand jobs. Oh sure, for Filipinos, sure, and and they're not necessarily involved with right communist nations, but I mean the Koreans have a have an angry communist neighbor, and there are actually <laughs> plenty of people who are. Um, who are Chinese that are new immigrants that live in like the the new China, the new China. They that they were from the new China and they came over for, you know, economic. Oh, oh I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So fair, fair enough. You're, yeah, you're I'm, talking, I'm painting you, too broad of a yeah. Brush. You can't you can't lump the entire Asian right. diaspora. Right. That would be together. That would be, that would be insensitive. Right. Yeah. But if we're talking specifically my family, <laughs> then, yeah. and you're commenting on videos about my family's wedding. Right. Not a comedy wedding. You need, you need to walk yourself out of here if you you're going to, to accuse us of any kind of communist you affiliation. You just go ahead, do a 360 degree turn and moonwalk out of here. 
Oh, sorry for derailing your email there, Gabe. Let's let's get back to it. It just happened. That's why. Yeah. It's, and I think we were we hadn't talked about it yet, and but we were both upset about it. I, I literally check my comments in the morning. I get dressed for work, and I'm out the door. Like I'm out pretty fast. Yeah. So and we I'm, talk and like I'm here. On I'm on a treadmill when he's leaving, playing, playing Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing as I book a couple miles on the treadmill. Ah, Animal Crossing. <laughs> now so. people are now people are going to comment like. What's your village ID? What's your, what's your Oh, you your know, what? I'm not on Nintendo online. Nope. Which I hear later will nerf me in the game. Oh. Because there are certain things for customization that you can't unlock unless you're on Nintendo. That online. makes sense. That sounds like something Nintendo so, would do. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing it to the limit here, not getting Nintendo online. All right. So Gabe uh, leaves off. It's a great reminder of the cost of freedom and the importance of continuing to fight for its preservation. You were talking about how many Korean and Vietnamese people are more conservative than their peers, and I see that too. I have a few friends who are politically left. One who is notably not Asian is a stout communist. I don't talk to him much these days. (laughs) Though many of my friends who are second or first generation immigrants are very much more conservative. Mm -hmm. Um. There's a lot of reasons for this. Okay. And uh, I had come across a video where on TikTok where somebody was basically completely rewriting the history. And I think I talked about it in a past podcast. Uh, Rewriting the history of what? Of uh, what happened during the Vietnam War. Oh, I'm sure there's people that do that. Well, I mean. Many people have tried to do that. Right. They're, they are now like this new generation is now telling the story of what happened in Vietnam through the northern Vietnamese lens for some reason with a complete erasure of South Vietnam. Sure. Right. And and I just I have to tell you, this is this is something that hits so deep for me. I cannot hold my tongue. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think you guys are seeing that right now. I can't hold my tongue about this. So. Uh, I I had basically responded, and then uh, somebody like th- I made this comment. I don't even know how long ago. I I totally even forgot about the video at all. And then somebody goes, "Yeah, it's um like you shouldn't be talking about this. You Southern Vietnamese uh, sided with Trump in the last election or something." And whoa, what a what a uh, what. <laughs> You got to get in the NBA with that kind of reach. Right. And I'm like, I, I I don't really understand where this is coming from. First, I'm from California, so I feel pretty much but my I, vote doesn't matter. It, it doesn't but I voted matter. Like, that doesn't erase history. Yeah. Trump's presidency has nothing to do with history. Like You're going you can to be nullify an, an, intel- like, an entire group of POC. Right. People like that scare the the, I the know. f out of me that they can take someone's actions now and erase their history in the past because they're quote this unquote so a bad person or don't fit their narrative. That freaks me out. This is like Fahrenheit four fifty one book burning stuff. Oh, it's not but, even that. It's yeah. totally Orwell nineteen nineteen eighty two. Oh yes, sorry, I'm it's confusing. way more yeah. Orwellian. Yes, than four fifty one. I mean, those are both you know totalitarian states in in utter control, but. Uh, keep your history. Everybody needs to keep 
they're history books. And I'm not saying that history books don't have things that are wrong, but keep your physical history books. No, but but even the wrong stuff gives you an assessment and appreciation sure. of what society was like at the time. But imagine where we are right now on the internet. Oh, it's it's frightening. Right? Where so much of what is being recorded is actually on these major platforms, right? And I'm not a conspiracy theorist (laughs) at at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it has to give you pause the moment that there are major companies that are showing that they're willing to censor one way or another an -hmm. opinion, right? Yes. And they are the ones that hold so much of the data. Yes. Yeah. So if you're it's, writing something or there's there's a there's history that's being recorded on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like that that almost cannot be relied upon. It's it's a really interesting time because we're dealing with first first amendment discussions regarding social media platforms. And I I have to make the argument although that's not really where I I stand politically that at some point just because it is a digital meeting place doesn't mean that it is not a meeting place, right? Right. So if you run a business in public, right, you cannot discriminate. Right. You cannot prevent people from expressing beliefs except for, you know, if it gets in the way of business or whatever. But if you're like in a park or something like that, right, you, you, can, right. you can say what you generally yeah. want. These Twitters Except for Facebooks, screaming fire in a crowded meeting. No, theater. that's not necessarily true. That's a big misnomer that people have. It's not that you you yell the word fire. It's that there's a call to action that was not commensurate to what was actually happening. Oh. The call to action is the issue. I see. With, with the First Amendment use of, of fire. They're just people use that as an example because it's very easy for people to get their, their mind around. But we're now in a world where, I mean, heck, people aren't even going outside. They're not going to public places. So at a certain point, a website like Twitter and Facebook becomes a public meeting space. That's true. And so if you cannot have a discussion with a like-minded individual, even if that discussion is to the point that it is despicable in the eyes of many other people, mm-hmm. technically there is a First Amendment argument that can be made in protecting the speech, even the despicable speech we don't like. Yeah, but also the difficulty is, do you want to regulate to that extent? Because even though they're a public meeting place, they are also a business. Sure. Right. Well, that's the that's the great Facebook dichotomy or uh, YouTube dichotomy when it comes to ads, right? Yeah. Is, yes, you can put your videos up, but we are not necessarily going to put ads on those videos. It's not because your videos don't get good views and have lots of, uh, you know, lots of followers and fans. It's that Pepsi doesn't want to be associated with your message. Right. It's very difficult. It, it's, it's a very interesting game. Um, the 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 world that we find ourselves in is we become we're all becoming better experienced in internet yes. and social media mm-hmm. that people start to expand push the boundaries of what we have and understand in law right. in those spaces very fascinating hang it on is. your butts everybody uh, Gabriel signs off thanks Delete and your remember <laughs> <laughs> he who controls the Baofeng spice controls the universe. Mm. Gabriel, the uwu ham. There you go. Uwu. 
Oh my God. <laughs> One more time for you. Wow. Uh, <laughs> there is a website you can go to that'll actually go in and um, you can set it to automatically delete your tweets after so much time. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can do like, you can so have you it, really can erase history. Well, technically the Wayback Machine saves it mm-hmm. so that people could go and get that, but they can't just That's go That's what took down profile. Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> she's, she's, she's fine, I'm assuming. All right. She's fine. She's <laughs> Thanks, got her Gabriel. Money. The next email is titled, not trying to be first or last, just happy to be here. That's the right attitude. There it is. That's good. I like it. And this is from Toby. Right. T-O-B-E. It's Tobe. We, we've had, Tobe's back. <laughs> we've had this conversation. <laughs> Toby. Hey, Leah. Hope you've been well. I'm curious about how things are going with you in the world of radio. It used to be we got a, what did Leah do with ham radio this week? Mm. Update. But those seem to have faded away. So what did you do this week with ham radio, Leah? Oh, maybe I, that's a segment we have to start. I logged Josh's contact. You did. And then I said, do you want me to get on the radio? And then Josh said, no, just log my contacts. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> I do. So that's what happened this week with ham radio. <laughs> I, I, you had never experienced logging before. I felt that that was something you had to do. I had also not experienced field day. That's fine, though. (laughs) But the reality is, is I'm driving. So you would have to be making contacts and logging for yourself. Yeah. That's amazing. I think that there are a lot of people who do that, actually, where they make the contact and lock it for themselves. One of the things with field day is you you usually put somebody on the microphone Mm -hmm. and then somebody else like that knows what they're doing will log the contacts for them. Sure. Uh, I could not offer that experience to you. Sure. So uh-huh. I said, how about you just log my content? That's not what you said. <laughs> it was my internal monologue. You said, no, just log my content. You know, you got to experience it. Oh, hey, Josh, I didn't see you there. Well, since you've SWL'd into this conversation, I do have something I've been meaning to send you. You asked to hear from first-time field dayers, so here it goes. First off, I'm getting used to the whole UTC thing, so I Mm. was confused as to when it actually started. Being on the East Coast, I woke up Saturday morning and immediately turned on the radio to hear silence. Jumped on the Discord, and folks were there helped me to understand that it started at 2 p.m. EDT. What kind of backwards organization starts something at 2 p.m.? Yeah, yeah, I get it. It was 11 a.m. your time. So why not start at 11 a.m. PDT, uh, which is uh, uh, 8 a.m. PDT, which is 11 a.m. EDT. Folks need time to get set up, you say? That's what Friday is for. Not necessarily. Okay. Uh, if you set up on Friday, you don't have the full time live to do field day. What does that mean? You, you don't get the full 24 hours or something like that. Really? Yeah. How would they know? How would they know? Okay, sure. Who's going to know? System. Let me explain UTC for a minute. Um, universal time something. <laughs> universal time code. <laughs> I think it might be time code, actually. If we all use UTC, then no conversions are required. That's why we do it. So when you make a contact to Latvia, you don't have to convert from Latvian time to your local time. So you use UTC. That's why we use UTC. I see. So the clock that I have in my uh, in my shack has both my local time 
and UTC time on it. And all your loggers will generally log in UTC time because of that. Um, because of that. Okay, moving on. Toby says... I've been playing around with my Ye- oh. my new Yesu FT991A that came from HRO back at the beginning of June, and I absolutely love the thing. I love that it is a full shack-in-the-box radio and doesn't compromise on power on either HF or VHF, UHF bands. I paired that with the Chameleon MCOM2 antenna and the Chameleon coax with built-in RFI choke. Cool. I'll save the shack details and whatnot for a later email. I scan the bands and just listen to the SSB contacts being made. Things were very cordial and extremely efficient. I mm-hmm. was really impressed. I also used my Raspberry Pi 4 flashed with the ham pie image. Oh, cool. And started WSJTX. And I was, quote unquote, hearing FT8. I couldn't believe it. Quick tangent, I have a doozy of a story for you from my venture into digital modes. I'll save that for another separate email cool. as it will help another episode surely hit the four hour mark. Uh, there you go. Wanting to learn more and watch some true operators in action, I went and visited my club setup at a local park. Holy cow. I was impressed with the knowledge, speed, accuracy, communication, and teamwork everyone had getting those contacts. I moseyed over to the digital and CW setup they had on the other side of the tennis courts and started conversation with the folks running, uh, working that station. I explained that I was new and hoping to learn more about digital modes. To my amazement, they literally sat me down in the quote-unquote driver's seat and had me operating club equipment. I made a total of six FT8 contacts, so I was able to earn my club designated at a 2A, 12 points. Leia, if you could read that in your best Harry Potter Quidditch announcer voice, that would be great. Thanks. Haha. Hold the wand to your throat when you do it. I made a total of... No, I got nothing. A Sorry. total? It's a total. <laughs> it's the Irish British announcer. Uh, or just really a leprechaun. That's a horrible tw- <laughs> 12 points for your club. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Everyone there was super nice and offered to loan me equipment to help me troubleshoot some of the challenges I'd been having, of which I will go into detail later in that later email cool the absolute best i like part the, i like the, the trailer for future emails yes that's very good yes the, <laughs> i love it because that'll bring people back like oh i want to hear what what happened right wow. <laughs> the absolute best part of the day however was that because it was at a public park my wife and son came to play and he got to not only be awed by the setup but got to watch me operate the equipment oh cool that's awesome made me proud to be a father oh fantastic oh, that's, that's very nice, nice. It reminds me of that uh, that song, you know, about the dad and Cats time. Cats in the Cradle yes. and the Silver Spoon. Yeah, yeah. Side note. Jeez. God. <laughs> Additionally, there were a few of my son's friends at the park and they got to play together. That was cool and all. But the bonus was that one of the parents' sets were very interested and wanted to learn more about radio. Field day doing what it was designed to do. Mm. Very good. So what was my first field day experience like? To sum it up in one word, I would have to say wholesome. Scrumtralescent. 
<laughs> I was welcomed with open arms and minds, encouraged, put to work, thanked, and given the opportunity to make it a family event. I look forward to getting the equipment and experience to do a poda so that I can enjoy the great outdoors with my family and still play some radio. There you go. That's awesome. Thanks to you for all the encouragement and for helping to normalize radio, Leia. Ha! Of course, I mean you, Josh. But in reality, I mean both of you. Listening to the podcasts are enjoyable to me because I really do feel as though I'm a friend sitting around the table with you guys. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Oh, that is nice. Another bonus is that my wife likes listening to and has learned about radio through osmosis. Aha. Yay. See, that's the, that's the Hello, big. Hello, Toby's wife. Thank you for listening. That's the big secret. I did this to get my wife on board, <laughs> but we're also doing it to get all your wives on board, too. <laughs> Albeit it was a bit begrudgingly and subconsciously, but she was able to use that knowledge to answer some basic questions those other parents had during field day at the park. <gasps> Whoa. Wow, your wife is that's, a quick study. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. See? It's the, it's working, guys. <laughs> the system is working. Just keep casually playing the podcast in the background. <laughs> Just keep doing it. I'm telling you, it'll work. Keep the episodes coming. Never consider shortening the length and don't change the dynamic. Your loyal, normal speed, 1X listener, K-T-O-B-E-G, Toby. Thank you, Toby. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I have to jump in here really quickly. Just for everybody, I wanted to catch you before you sent that email. Uh, UTC stands for Coordinated User Universal Time. Ooh. Don't you love the order of that? UTC. Uh -huh. You know, Coordinated Universal Time. Yes. Good ordering of, <laughs> of letters. There's a PS, not sent via WinLink, but the reason why will become evident in my following email next week. Mm. PPS, Josh, repeat after me. Are you ready, Josh? Okay. Appreciable, 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 appreciable. Uh, Leia, I don't think we have enough beer here. <laughs> okay, good. I'll now, give you one appreciable. <laughs> one appreciable. Now half of the Discord community is sloshed and regretting their decision to turn you into a drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, not a good idea. There's apparently a relevant video. I'll drop it in the show notes. But I'm almost afraid to open it. What is the video? Oh, it's a Ted Mosby video. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. PPPS. I've attached a couple of pictures from my club's field day setup. Feel free to put it on Discord. I will do that, Toby. Thank, Thank you. you for including those pictures. And a great rundown of your first field day. I'm glad it was such a wholesome time. I like the story. The next email is titled, An Email of Appreciable Length. <laughs> it's like we planned it. It's like we planned it. This is from Alex. Good evening, Queen Leia and her bed warmer, Josh. <laughs> oh, hey. As all things go, I think I am the bed warmer because I go to bed earlier than you a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the email states, this might, uh, this might piece of correspondence might get appreciably long. So hang on to your butts. <laughs> okay. First off, I absolutely cannot wait until the koozies hit the merch store. I also want to kick myself for not sending in the idea of a drinking game for Josh's favorite word. Although I would also add when he says, 
generally in that slowed down manner. How do yeah. you say it? Do it? Generally. <laughs> I was listening to last week's pod and heard that your co-host wanted to hear about first field days experiences. Yes. I was rather impressed at what my local club had set up in a park near my home. There was a state-funded emergency communications trailer that had provisions for just about every type of band or mode of operation imaginable. Wow. It was an appreciable amount of gear. I bet. <laughs> a few people were even overnight camping. I was able to talk to an active duty extra class sailor that got reassigned from your coast to mine that day and hadn't even checked into his housing yet. He felt the need oh, to check out was... the local field day. That is awesome. Although I didn't get Dude's to gonna go a wall over field day. <laughs> Although I didn't get to operate from that remote location I visited Saturday, I was still trying to teach my one-year-old son to say CQ, CQ, CQ. That's funny. <laughs> Thankfully, my wife wasn't around, although I can feel Leia rolling her eyes all the way from Connecticut. <laughs> no, I think that's adorable. Mm -hmm. I think there should definitely be more babies on Am Radio. <laughs> we should just record them saying that and use that in our <laughs> CQ call. Uh, I'd like to speak to the baby. Uh, yes. If possible. <laughs> I went to Cusa with the baby. I was, however, able to sneak to my shack on Sunday for a few hours and spun around to make 23 contacts. Almost all were pretty localized to my area, but I was able to hit Tenerife on the Canary Islands on Ooh. 15 meters with my barefoot 7300 and an MFJ. E-F-H-W and fed half wave. Mm -hmm. What is a barefoot 7300? Barefoot just means 100 watts. Gotcha. No, no power enhancement. No, no amplifier. Okay. Yeah. Thank both of you for everything you do to further the hobby. You're this welcome. is by far my favorite chili prepper mint candy, I guess, ham radio podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. The first podcast dedicated to the most delicious mint. Oh, jeez. Nay. Most delicious chocolate on oh, the market. get out of here with that. <laughs> I, I don't even really have... I'm not going to fight you over del the most delicious mint. I know. I know. That's why I That's started why there. To it back. get you oh. saying yes, yes, so that you could yes your way into the rest of it. <laughs> you just yes-anded into most delicious chocolate, which is not true. To everyone trying to race to be the last email, you are all winners. Because in the words of the grace, the great Reese Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Okay. 73 it, Alex right? K1ASS. Is, is that what it said? It said Reese Bobby. I think it's Ricky Bobby. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Alex. Great rundown. I really appreciate it. Yeah, if you ain't first, you're last. Ricky Bobby, that's a uh, that's Talladega Nights, the the legend of Ricky Bobby. That's Will yes. Ferrell. Will Ferrell. That's the one where he gets in a fight with somebody. Is like, I want to pray to the baby Jesus. Yeah, not the grown Jesus. That's the Christmas time Jesus. <laughs> so funny. That's so ridiculous. The next email is titled "Regarding the Uncrackable Nut." And this is from Preston. 
Greetings and salutations. A couple of remarks I've been wanting to make have stacked up enough to warrant a full email. So here it goes. Okay. In the June 18th episode, another correspondent remarked on their desire for a 70 centimeter to 10 meter SSB radio. And Josh agreed, but called the idea an uncrackable nut. I have to agree as well. I can't describe the frustration of missing out on 10 meter field day contacts because I only had FM at my disposal. While there was no one on the FM portion of 10 meters, I could make out human voices with the AM receive mode on my TH9800 down in the SSB portion of the band. Alas, without an SSB mode, I couldn't tell whether what they were saying, nor could I respond. Now yep. I see where the itch to keep buying more radios come from. <laughs> I need all the features. That's right. You do. You need all the features. On another note, just before field day, I passed my general exam and was able to attempt 10 meters FM as AG. Oh. Congratulations. Congrats. I did, in fact, learn some of the material by hearing Leo work through it on the podcast. So thank you both for the inspiration and information. That's awesome. I'm glad I could help somebody if it's not myself. (laughs) Keep doing what you do because you're doing great at it. 73 Preston KM3 DLY, formerly KO4NTM. Okay. Thank you, you, Preston. And congratulations again. All right. The next email is titled, Exercise, Exercise, Exercise. And this is from Scott. Hello, I have an odd favor to request. I'm preparing a set for our club here in Sedalia, Missouri. In this process, I will be making a video for the event and would like to emphasize the exercise, exercise, exercise line that all operators need to be saying with their transmissions. So I was wondering if you could record yourself saying that the next time you are making one of your helpful ham radio videos and shoot me a link to it. Thanks, Scott, KJ4MFW. Like, Do you know what this is referring to? The exercise, exercise, exercise? Like get some cardio in? Just get a Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. With Animal Crossing, right, and a treadmill, and a so treadmill, you, hold, you know, balance, you know, right. It so it feels like you're walking as your character is walking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could also work with Mario Odyssey, though. I'm not sure. You're gonna have to add some like double jumps in there. Yeah, <laughs> that could get dangerous. Do you know what the uh, line that all operators need to say with their transmission? No. The exercise, exercise, exercise. exercise. I thought the only thing that all operators need to say with their transmissions was their call sign. Pretty much. Yeah. Depends on what they're doing. Scott, if you could provide just a little bit more information, I'm sure Josh. Yeah, I'm I'm happy happy to to try and help you, but I'm not sure exactly where we're going with that. I mean, does he mean does he mean exercise like get out and play radio or or always be playing radio? Practice? I wouldn't okay. call that exercising, mm. unless you're like putting an antenna on the roof or something. That's an exercise. That, that, that is that your does, workout. That is my workout. Yeah. Hauling coax down ladders. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe oh some... my God. That should be a video you make. <laughs> exercise, exercise. <laughs> the, it just be going ham, up and down a ladder. The ham radio workout. 
and I have like a dumb earpiece in with like a little black, little black thing. That no. Lift that coax. Lift that coax. Lift that coax. Turn the connector. Turn and twist and twist and twist that connector. Oh. Now yeah, everybody, Scott, Scott. rotate the boom. <laughs> the boom is on fire. The boom is on fire. Put out the fire. Put out the fire. <laughs> You're too close to the power lines. <laughs> okay, Scott. Sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he made a sh- mockery of his whole. If you shoot me an email back, please. To be continued in the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the next email is titled "Not the Final Email." <laughs> and this is from Rob. Hi, Leah and Josh. I was thinking about last week's podcast, which I listened to twice at regular speed. Whoa! Before Sunday. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Super impressive. <laughs> Dang. I wrote an email about the history of ham radio in space. Oh, yeah, that was a good email. It fantastic. I was, it was already long enough, so I did not mention all of the key players. So here's round two. <laughs> Your older listeners may remember a well-known ham named Roy Neal, who was a legendary NBC reporter. Isn't... This is the one I think I did Phantom Signals on. Maybe. Keep going. Oh. Okay. Am I wrong? He covered the space program from its infancy through the early Maybe stages of the space shuttle and never missed an opportunity no. to speak with NASA officials about the benefits of amateur radio in space. He deserves a lot of the credit for what we now enjoy. Also, you read an email about Mount Evans foot race in Colorado, which gains 4,000 feet of elevation. There is another epic race. Pikes Peak near Colorado Springs has a popular 13-mile trail called Bar Trail, which gains over 7,800 feet of elevation. Pikes Peak is insanely tall. And no surprise, Colorado would have the second (laughs) crazy hike. The most elevation gain on any mountain in the continental U.S. Dude, it it is no joke. People drive to the top of uh, Pikes Peak and then get sick. Wow. And and have outrageous atmosphere. Running uh, marathons on it. Dude, it's crazy. 13 miles up, 13 miles down. They move the start and finish line back and create a 26.2 mile marathon route. The 3rd August of every year, Pikes Peak Marathon takes place. The trail starts at 6,300 feet and ends at the summit of 14,115 feet. Insane. And then they turn around and run down the same trail. In 2019, the winning time was three hours and 27 minutes. That's crazy. How is that possible? That's an average of under five minutes per mile up and down a mountain and dodging traffic on a narrow trail. That is insane. Pikes Peak Aries provides support for the race. Thank goodness they do. I cannot imagine the medical issues that happen at a race like that. That's crazy. That's crazy. In case you're wondering, Mount Whitney in California is higher. But but you're not doing that like that. Yeah, but the Mount Whitney Trail only has... 6,150 feet of elevation gain. 
Denali in Alaska is over 20,000 feet high. That's the highest mountain in North America. Yeah, well, uh, Pikes Peak is actually a road that, that people are running up. Man. Whitney is not a road. <laughs> Rob is just a wealth of information. Yeah, seriously. I am blown away. Rob signs off. I know you guys are having a great time tonight. And now on to Nathan. Rob, KI5, GFL. Very good. Nice well done. done. And on to the last email. Mm-hmm. Oh, and is it the last email? This is titled, As You Wish. And this is from Nathan. <laughs> do, 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 do. Wait, what happened? Why am I making sounds? You... <laughs> To Princess Buttercup and the farm boy. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings from the mobile desk of the great and honorable K1MAZ. Thanks, Rob, for the intro. (laughs) (laughs) You you guys, you're producing the segment. (laughs) Yeah. There's now going to be like, (laughs) now Josh says, it's like a script. Uh, Tonight... I come to you to discuss a very touching celebration of the life of a ham. This is not a personal experience, but I came across a post on the Facebook group of a young ham that was given the honor of doing a a last call or what you might call a silent key ceremony. Hmm. From what I have read on the subject, someone does a directed CQ to the call of someone that has passed away. They perhaps do it three times, calling the SK hams call wait for a response between each time then say nothing heard then they may do a short eulogy sometimes this is on a net or local repeater as a way to formally notify that ham they know or that was active on the net or repeater has gone silent key this can be voice or CW that is beautifully sad yeah, very sad right now yeah, yeah are you gonna cry um not not sure that's wow pretty sad wow jeez nothing the nothing heard got me Ooh. yeah you are a sentimental fellow man that is what <laughs> didn't expect that nate thanks <laughs> bro i have heard this is not a universal ceremony but i thought I would include something ham radio related that I came across recently. Let's see when you read this email. It will be on late July 1st, early July 2nd, or it will not make the cutoff for the recording on the undisclosed day. Mm. At least I have snuck in at least one email this week if that's the case. Don't worry, I'm not outside your house. I'm in my house safely in Vermont, nowhere near you. (laughs) I know you were concerned with my time guest last week. So he purposely guessed wrong. (laughs) I see what he did. I guess it is pretty late on on July 1st, though. It's almost 11. It's appreciably late. Wow. Okay. I'll just just drink to that. (laughs) For field day. I got 43 contacts since I just searched and pounced instead of calling CQ. Yeah, good for you. That's the way to do it generally if you're 100 watts. I will include a photo of my basement as I was operating. My first field day ever. I had a few interruptions, but I was able to enjoy it. And I was able to learn better how to manipulate settings on my radio to be able to hear stations calling. Good. That's the point of all this. 
I thank really you is. as always for your time and dedication, Josh. Leia, you just got to study the book. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shots fired. Have fun storming the castle. 73, K1, MAZ, Nathan in Vermont. I have read the actual Princess Bride book. Very good. <laughs> Did the Princess Bride book come before the movie or after the movie? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I like the movie, though. I do, too. Very yeah. good. Nathan, well, thank, thank you. thank you, Nathan. Our last email and uh, our... And... Apparently to Rob, our two most dedicated email correspondents and now producers. <laughs> Jeez. That's pretty fantastic. That's a, a level of coordination yes. that, that they've got going on. It's pretty, pretty fantastic. Brava. Brava. <laughs> okay, everybody. Great job with the email correspondence. It's now time for Leia's general test. Practice test. <laughs> yes, practice test. I have no sound clips for this yet. <laughs> it's okay. <I> think. <laughs> we'll work on it. This is where you insert the ooh-woo? <laughs> no, I'm not. I still don't get your objection to the ooh-woo. Is, is I don't have an objection to that it. I don't understand? Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Yeah, you don't get it. I don't get nope. it. Nope. <laughs> I am on question 30 of 35. Oh. <laughs> No sound clip for that either. Oh, my. <laughs> Which of the following is an advantage of using a gamma match with a Yagi antenna? A, it is useful for matching multi-band antennas. B, all these choices are correct. C, it does not require any inductors or capacitors. D, it does not require that the driven element be insulated from the boom. I'm, I'm going to go with A. It's useful for matching multi-band antennas. No. All these choices are correct. It does not require that driven element be insulated from the boom. So it's not all these choices? It is not all these choices. Every gamma match I have requires no... D is it useful for matching multi-band antennas? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need it with a, if you're attached to a metallic boom. That's true. But I thought... I guess it qualifies as an inductor then. I guess that's true. It's just not a coil. But I guess they use they could use a coil. Sure. Okay, never mind. I take it all back. All right. Then. I agree with the question. Or the answer. The answer <laughs> of the question. <laughs> Which of the following is a disadvantage of using wind as the primary source of power for an emergency station? It could stop. A, <laughs> a, the voltage and current ratings of such systems are not compatible with amateur equipment. Yeah, that wind has B, a different DC value. <laughs> B, all these choices are correct. C, the conversion efficiency from mechanical energy to electrical energy is less than 2%. D, a large energy storage system is needed to supply power when the wind is not blowing. D, <laughs> A large energy storage system is needed to so supply power when the wind is not A blowing. generator is a mechanical energy converter, basically, right? Yeah. It's just running a mechanical thing through a stator or inverter or whatever. What Funny does it question. mean when a CW operator sends KN at the end of a transmission? A, operating full break-in. B, listening for novice stations. C, closing station now. 
D, listening only for specific station or stations. Uh, D, listening for only specific station or stations. That's correct. Good job. Thank you. What part of a packet radio frame contains the routing and handling information? A, header, B, footer, C, directory, D, preamble. I'm going to go with A, header. Good work. Thank you. Because how else would you? That's right. <laughs> I'm just going to like record all this and then like you tell me where it goes. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how computers think, guys. The preamble one really threw me off, though. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> this packet belongs to Tobe. <laughs> it's Toby. I God. In the old English of, of packet radio, it's Tobe. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, Toby. Uh, what is an advantage of the low internal resistance of a nickel cadmium battery? A, a rapid. You're watching. You're play, playing too much of that Animal Crossing. A knuckle, really? Nickel. <laughs> Did I say knuckle? Nickel. <laughs> nickel. That's the batteries you get at uh, at, at Nook's uh, store there. Nook's General. I bought that. You know what you can buy in the Animal Crossing store in Nook's store? If it's not a ham radio, I'm not interested. An antenna. No. For what? A parabolic antenna. Oh, so you can listen to your neighbors. There's also a wind turbine and solar panels. <laughs> oh, but they're not like functional. They're just like to dress up your house. They're to dress up the outside. A lot of people use it because they're actually unusually small for what they are to create a depth of field. So they'll place it when they terraform off a lookout. What are you talking about? <laughs> they'll place it off a, a like what you, away wait, from terraform. A, I, you, you have to. I mean, can, I've been. I've you can terraform your island. This is crazy talk to you me. You can now put waterfalls where you want waterfalls, oh but I, you have to get there. You, you, have to you kids that. in your Animal Crossing today. <laughs> Back in my day. I'm I'm really I, deep in Animal Crossing because I'm using it to teach the kids like math and like animal facts and I make them read the bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is great. Practice. I mean, it's actually it's actually not that bad. I mean, yeah, I, but I, I must state like I have played Animal Crossing for every Animal Crossing. Yeah, going except for this way one. back. And I have not touched this one. And the more things you tell me, I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about? You talked to me about like, you got to eat a fruit to dig up a tree. Yes. And then if you don't want to just go digging up all the trees, you got to poop out the fruit yes, energy. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But you can't, you can't just go poop it anywhere. You have to build a toilet. But you have to get the recipe for the toilet <laughs> to make it. And then you've got to gather the materials to complete the recipe it was, it, to craft that It was toilet. such a simple world in my time <laughs> playing Animal Crossing. You used an axe to cut the tree down. Now we have two axes. And then you used a shovel to pop the stump out. And right. then you could plant a fruit and it would give you a fruit tree. You can do that too. But if you don't like the location that you have planted your tree, you can now dig it up after eating that's, a fruit and crazy. relocate it. So apparently, is the happy town score thing still a deal? Yes. Are yeah. you playing that game yet? or is, That's more yeah. of a late game thing. They, uh, I've got the Happy Home Academy and they sent me a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And then they sent Edison an ironing set. <laughs> Great. And then Edison goes, do you want this? You like these, right? <laughs> because he recently saw me ironing the wedding mm, clothes. <laughs> that's true. He's got your number. 
Okay. Well, is this the last question then? I'm on 34. Okay. What is the advantage of a low internal resistance of nickel cadmium cad- cadmium batteries? A, rapid recharge. B, high discharge current. C, long life. D, high voltage. Uh, high voltage, right? No, D, high discharge current. Mm. Oh, because of the resistance. Okay, mm. got it. You got it. Yeah. Last question. Last question. What signals are used to conduct a two-tone test? A, two audio signals of the same frequency shifted 90 degrees. B, two swept frequency tones. C, two audio frequency range square wave signals of equal amplitude. D, two non-harmonically related audio signals okay uh wh- what <laughs> this mm. is one of those questions mm. i i don't i don't think it's sh- the shifted 90 degrees okay because how do you shift sound right degrees I don't know that that's right or wrong, by the way. This question is one of those ones I don't remember. I don't know what a swept frequency tone is. Okay. Like it covers a sweeped range, like it, the tone moves, maybe. I know I'm talking uh, more than Two audio this, but... frequency range square wave signals of equal... I, I'm going to go with D, two non-harmonically related audio signals. And that is correct. Nicely done. Thank you. How'd you do? All right. We'll see. Ah, failed. I'm sorry, but you only got 18 out of 35 correct. You need 26 correct answers to pass the test. But at the same time, for doing it on the podcast and and putting yourself out there... (laughs) So greatly, that was that was great. Uh, that was a real ride you just put me on. <laughs> no, it, it's fantastic that you you continue to come out here and and keep trying, and that's awesome. Is that come the, out to the dining table? <laughs> come out to the dining table, yeah. Is that the first or second test you've gone through now? I might be the second test. Second test. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The first test was very bad. <laughs> Are you going to start studying now? You think maybe? No. no? Okay. okay. It's summer. I I didn't know that ham radio had an off season. Got a pool, a pool filter, so I don't have to keep. (laughs) I got a pool and a pool filter. (laughs) Watch out, everybody. And I've got very warm weather. (laughs) That's true. You could, you could study in the pool. Hmm. Yeah, I could think about that. Mm -hmm. Except for the kids splash around a lot. They do. They're animals in the pool. It's crazy. I think we got more algae outside of the pool than in the pool when we had a non-pool pump pool because the kids are absolute monsters. Well, the, the, the show topic today is, you know, it's going to involve you, Leia, a little bit here. Oh, I went through, so I've been, I've been going through the technician question pool again, making okay. videos, right? Mm-hmm. I've already posted the first, which is uh, subsection three. Is it three? It, it, anyway, it is the, I'm going from the hardest sections, sorry, subsection four was the first one I did. I just recorded nine and three. I'm going from the order in which the people 
people who actually take the tests miss the most questions. And there was a comment, a couple of comments I've, I've received, uh, you know, after doing the videos and all this stuff for multiple years now. That there's a lot of people who are like, oh, the, the, the license pool doesn't really help you learn anything. Or you, really? Or you, yeah, you don't really get a lot out of it. You know? Oh, no. Okay. I know what this comment is about. Mm -hmm. the, the question pool and being able to pass the test doesn't actually teach you how to operate a radio. Okay. I mean, it teaches you the rules. It teaches you some of the electronics. Okay. Right. It teaches you danger, danger. Mm -hmm. And it teaches you about the frequency ranges. Okay. But it doesn't teach you anything about how you turn on your radio how, because there are so many different radios. Well, okay, sure. That, 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 that's a comment I guess you can make because how could they? They're like, oh, you're taking the ICOM test. You know what I mean? Like, that's not really feasible. But I, I was going through the, the question pool. And I think I, every radio manufacturer should have a simulator. Okay. So that people could experience what it's like to actually use that radio. Like an online simulator? Yes. So this they see whether or not they like the interface, whether or not they like the menu system. And, you know... I, it doesn't help with the feel of the radio, mm -hmm. but at least it helps with whether or not you like how you have to learn to work the radio. That is a pretty good idea. And then it would help. So people. oddly enough, Flex Radio probably has a leg up in that whole game because uh, <coughs> the remote ham radio system, mm -hmm. a lot of people use uh, Flex Radios for that. And mm. they're set up for these remote communication type setups where hmm. you can actually, you can just log into somebody's radio using the flex software and then use the radio like just use it which is pretty crazy do you want i, I, I think I'm it would be really tangent. helpful mm -hmm. because like for instance for the icom a lot of the models have a similar interface so mm -hmm. people fall right into enjoying that right, right and so they tend to stay within icom right if they like I, i've always said that it's not necessarily strict performance numbers that garners different um, audiences it does in some cases like customers it's the interface it's yeah. always the human interface it's always the but how uh, who wants to invest thousands of dollars just to find out whether or not like they like to use a specific radio hams <laughs> hams do but i think i think that's not realistic especially how much is going on in the world mm -hmm. with people's finances, especially. Of course. No, I, I love your idea. I think the idea is great. I, I, I wanted, I'm going to take a slight little tangent here. Do you know that there are people who actually rent time on their radios and they charge people for the service? Yeah, I, I've looked up ham vacations. <laughs> no, 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 no. Remote ham radio from their computer at home. They log into someone else's radio and they're charged by the hour using wow. that radio. Okay. Does Dionne Warwick use this? <laughs> yeah, every once in a while she, she gives you a, a reading. That's She replies to your CQ. Yes, <laughs> gives you a fortune. Gives you a fortune, which is... Cleo, Miss Cleo. Cleo. That is not Dionne Warwick. No, that is it's not Dionne Warwick. Okay. I said the wrong thing. Just want to make sure we're clearing that up. So as, as I was going through the question pool, because I was, I was doing nine and three, there was a couple of questions that leapt out to me, and I was thinking to myself, if, if you're 
coming at this and you, and you just want to like hardcore blow through the questions, take your test, get your license. You can do that. You can remember, you can remember the answers pretty quickly. But there's a lot of questions in here that I think have a lot of value. I'm going to read a couple of them out here. So I am on hamstudy.org. Which of the following describes a type of antenna loading? And the answer for this is A, inserting an inductor in the radiating portion of the antenna to make it electrically longer. Now, if you're using hamstudy.org, it bolds the words inductor and electrically longer as key parts of that answer for the question. Now, if you're coming to ham radio new and, and you're not you know, familiar with some of these terms, it, it would probably be logical that you'd go, hey, what's an inductor? I want to look that up. And what is it in about uh, what is it that an inductor does that makes the antenna electrically longer? And then it says, describe a type of antenna loading. Loading to imply, well, what does that mean? What is antenna loading? So the, the questions, it's true, doesn't give you the answers, and it, it actually doesn't give you much of the backstory either. But out of those three things, you could deep dive and understand an absolute ton of information on antennas by just those three things. What is antenna loading? What is an inductor? And by the way, the inductor will also lead you into, into the radio to understand components, discrete components within the radio. And then why would you want to make an antenna electrically longer? And what does that mean? So what it's saying is that you're adding a coil to the antenna so that you can keep it at a short length, but still be electrically the same length that it will perform for the band that you want to operate on. Okay. So it's like a portable antenna type of situation where I don't want this huge, you know, vertical antenna coming off the back of my car. So I, I use inductive loading to make that antenna shorter, right? Okay. Pretty interesting. So I, I was going through a couple of questions and I was like, okay, yeah, these are all like it for, for everybody who's like, hey, I want to understand ham radio, but all I've got is this question pool. Well, the reality is, is you need to dive into it a little bit. I think you can you can take these key words and you can go, oh, okay, cool. Another question, T9A05 says, how would you change a dipole antenna to make it resonant on a higher frequency? Okay. And the answer to this is shorten it. So that implies if I wanted to lower the frequency, I would lengthen it. Mm -hmm. Well, how far does that go? Technically, it goes all the way down into the HF bands if you do that. Huh. Right? It, it's, it's a kind of like thinking through like, okay, well, I'm reading this question and I'm, I'm trying to get the right answer. That's true. But now that I have the right answer, what do I do with it? Like that information, right? What does it mm -hmm. mean? Mm -hmm. It means that, you know, going back to kind of the stuff we were talking about earlier, like 20 meters on the, on the NFED half wave, not needing a tuner. Well, that means that that antenna is resonant at that spot. If you wanted to change that resonant spot, and again, the resonant spot is the match for the feed line and the antenna and the impedance of the radio, the 50 ohms impedance. If that person wanted to adjust where that resonant spot was, they could lengthen or shorten that antenna, and that would change where, it's, where it was resonant. So it becomes kind of like, yeah, a tool you put in your head like, oh, I need to shorten the antenna to make it higher frequency, lengthen it to make it longer, right? Okay. But by how much? 
And how do you know? Well, the the argument um, it, that I would make is you you just keep snipping it until it's where it needs to be, because it's a lot easier to snip antenna wire instead of put antenna wire on. Right. Right. So you cut everything long, and then you shorten it. That's why that question is about shortening the frequency mm. instead of lengthening the frequency. Because the answer would be like, hey, you take a piece of wire and you like crimp it. You just like twist the ends together (laughs) you know it's not exactly a precise mechanism so you want to make it longer um to start with and then cut it into place because that's like literally ham radio knowledge to start with what do you want to do you want to measure twice cut once kind of thing with a board right the the same kind of thing i cut once and measure after (laughs) yeah i I know (laughs) the same is kind of true with ham radio antennas except that it's not a hard and fast measurement we don't pull out a tape measure and go oh that's 20 meters right you put it on there and go well that's gotta work because ground composition changes where your antenna is configured on your home or in a tree will vary significantly so what do you do you walk it in that's dave oh dave dave our friend dave Mm -hmm. that was his favorite term we're just gonna walk it in (laughs) so we'd be milling something out and i was like well how do you know what dimensions you know are we close he's like don't worry about it. We're going to walk it in. <laughs> Meaning he's just going to keep taking off a little bit more material until it's like, until it fits. <laughs> We're just going to walk it in. The antennas are the same way. We're just going to walk it in until it's the frequency you're looking for. So I, I found a lot of this stuff very interesting and, and all very helpful because it's been a while. You know, what is it? It's been like two years since I did my, my first technician uh, videos that I did on live stream. Yeah. I'm looking for the other one. You've got you've got a whole list of them there that you, <laughs> you No, there know. was a couple that jumped out to me that I was like, "Oh, these are like little deep dives that you could do that could lead to like more ham radio knowledge." You know what I mean? Like actionable knowledge instead of Right. Like w- what is it implying? The loading. What is an inductor? Right? Why would you want to do that? Like So it is in essence testing your ability to operate ham radio. Well, it, it's, it's giving you a question that has a lot of keywords in it. And mm-hmm. if you had the wherewithal to go look up those keywords, you would be all of a sudden like, oh, I just, I, I just did a Wikipedia deep dive on what an inductor was and an antenna and, you know, all this stuff that, that could lead to. So you're saying don't just memorize the answers. No, I'm saying you can. Understand you can continue the question. To keep, you can continue to keep doing that. But I think some people poo-poo the test as being like this not very value-added thing that people do. And the reality is, is there's a ton of value. You just have to take it the next step and go look into it. And what's great about you know the internet now is that you just can search most of these terms and then it's you know not a big deal. Um, so I do have a couple of other notes that I was going to say. Most of the questions are actually pretty well-themed, I've noticed, too. Now, you're not, again, when you're in a subsection of a a test and you're taking a test, that subsection, you're only going to see like one or two questions, maybe three questions out of that subsection, and then that's it. But it's possible that you could get two coupled themed questions together. There's multiple instances in the license pool that they're asking a similar kind of story with questions like the the way a dipole radiates right why do we call a dipole a horizontal dipole it's generally because it runs parallel to the earth is a good Mm. way to remember it Mm -hmm. now 
but but why is it horizontally polarized? Well, the electrical wave within the electromagnetic RF wave that that antenna puts out is horizontally aligned. Mm. That's why it's a horizontally polarized antenna. And you can remember horizontally polarized really easily when thinking about a dipole because it runs parallel to the earth in a horizontal configuration. Those are like, that's like three questions, like right there. Boom. Little dumb idioms to remember it that actually are useful ham radio information that I was like, okay, cool. Antennas, I will note though, that some are oddly worded. <laughs> A lot of the questions have oddly worded little mechanisms in it that make you think like they're, 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 they're using terms that most people don't use, kind of odd terms to kind of, I don't know if they're trying to elicit a response or something like that, but it, it can be a little odd. But again, if you look for those key words, it kind of jumps out. It's like, hey, that okay, I get it. The antenna and propagation sections in the question pool is pretty good. The vertical versus horizontal for VHF, there's a series of discussions on that. Now, that's another fantastic and interesting sub story. You're familiar, Leia, with uh, repeaters, right? Yes. We understand repeaters. And we use uh, usually vertical antennas to talk to repeaters. Right. Well, there's another kind of VHF mode called weak signal that we use. And that's where we put our radios in a single sideband mode, almost like we're doing HF. Okay. And we try and kind of like make long distance contacts over VHF. Those antennas are horizontally polarized antennas, like a dipole, not a vertical. Huh. Now, if you took a radio, single sideband radio, had a vertical antenna, and tried to communicate to somebody that had a horizontal antenna, mm -hmm. there would be like a 3 dB loss in signal strength. Really? From that difference huh. in the antenna polarization. So the question was asked, why do we do horizontal polarize then? If all these people are running vertical antennas, keep in mind they're running FM, not single sideband, but why did they do horizontal? So an interesting historical thing, you know, that, that I've learned through this process is that's largely a holdover from the television industry. Really? That there was a study at once upon a time done that said, oh, tropospheric conditions favor horizontal antennas. Remember when all TV antennas on roofs, they were horizontally polarized. They were Yaggies. Right. Versus vertical. Now, okay. so hams probably came along. So there's really not a hard and fast reason we use vertical versus horizontal or vice versa. So hams come along and go like, well, if TV's doing it and they did a study, it's probably logical that we do it too. And so that's why we use horizontal antennas for weak signal. Now, the, the further caveat, this is the usability part of all this. It's generally easier to make a Yagi that is positioned horizontally than vertically. Hmm. So you can make a Yagi really inexpensively to do mm -hmm. weak signal work. And having a horizontal Yagi fundamentally works a bit differently than a vertical Yagi. So that's also one of the reasons why, regardless of the history that got us here, that it's actually really useful that, it's all, that it is horizontal because it's more effective as, you know, if you're using a Yagi. I found that really interesting. I was rereading the question. I was like, okay, I, I get why this is. Now, the questions don't give you any backstory on all this. You have to do the research. This is me doing research and knowing some of these little weird, quirky historical things that I was like, okay. 
And then it spends a lot of time, again, we're talking about antennas and, and propagation. It spends a decent amount of time talking about links, the wavelengths of our frequency peak to valley in the mm, wavelength sense. Okay. And discussing the distance in the antenna radiating elements that we use. Huh. And and if you if you follow the the theming, right? If you're reading through these, they're talking about half wave antennas, five eighths wave antennas, quarter wave antennas, and they're like, okay, well, you know, now you you've then they start talking about wavelengths, and you you're like, okay, I'm starting to get there's a physical length associated with that peaks and valleys of the wave, and then now you just mention a half wave antenna. Mm-hmm. Well, What's it talking about? The wavelength of the antenna. So if it's a 40 meter wave the frequency that you're talking on and you have that physical distance, you could make an antenna if you wanted to make a half wave dipole. You have huh. two sections. The length, total length is one half wave cut in half. That is a quarter wave on each leg. That is a dipole, right? It was it was really cool. I, I, I don't know. It just kind of came to me. I was like, oh, I, I've, I've, I myself have also dogged on the the technician pool in some cases and then i started doing this video series again i'm like oh no this is actually some questions are not great i i admit but a lot of them are like could lead to an interesting research project if you wanted to know more about it i think if people were to just take it uh you know a bit further so are you saying to stop knocking the technician test <laughs> I, I think I think the the appropriate thing is is look at the keywords, particularly you know all the people that are listening that are ham radio operators. Look at the keywords in these questions and understand what they're saying with those keywords and understanding what possible knowledge they're trying to draw the competency from um, in the question that they're posing, and say it's not the wrong way to go, right? Mm-hmm. Now I, I did note there were a couple of areas that are not so great. The tropospheric ducting and sporadic E, they, again, it's it's more of a question in a, a very complex term that's talking about a type of atmospheric propagation that is difficult to convey in, in four questions, right? Again, they're trying to judge competency. So you kind of either understand what those terms are or you don't. So for those type of things, like for tropospheric ducting sp- or sporadic E and all that, I suggest you look into like people that know more about that. Like the video I did with Hayden mm-hmm. on sporadic E and Gordo on Ham Nation doing the short shots. He's talked about both sporadic E and tropospheric ducting. Mm-hmm. Both, I, I think, give you a really interesting way to look at that atmospheric phenomena and why you may want to chase it a bit, particularly in the months where it's more happening in the case of tropospheric ducting. Oh, no, sporadic E. Sporadic E is the seasonal one, I think. I always see I myself also forget these terms too sometimes and the little intricacies of the details there. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I, as I'm as I'm working my way through the whole license pool again, and I'll get myself to general eventually. It's it's not a bad test, I think, in the long run. The technician test. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not so much against it. Uh, not to say that I was completely against it before, but I had my gripes. You had mixed feelings. I had mixed feelings a little bit. I still feel that we should give technicians more privileges. That's still my my belief. Um, but you know, I'm yeah. So yeah, I would consider it, particularly if you're if you're listening to this and you're a technician or you're studying to be a technician. There are some cool keywords that you should look into 
in the question pool that can lead to greater ham radio knowledge. Ham radio knowledge that I argue some people don't spend a lot of time with and they may not be fully comprehending the information there. So, yeah. Great. So that was my fun little deep dive. Uh, so you're saying I should week. go back and study the technician exam again? <laughs> I mean, only if you find that stuff interesting. If there are terms that you thought were, I was like, hey, what's an, what's an inductor? I want to know what an inductor is. Sure. Which is always a fun little, the, the inductors are fun. They, they're, you know. Induction fun ahead. Induction fun ahead. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot. Until we talk to you again, 73. 73.